everybody, and welcome to episode 545 of Twitter Sensation, conversation stream for the episodes of the 17th to the 21st of October. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And we are going to be talking about the episodes of Cory Between. I've just said that. It's episodes 10,771 to 10,776. 7076. Yes. We are a Twitter sensation today. Just yeah, we finally say. broken Twitter. We can quit now. Can we quit now? What, quit Twitter? Are we meant to be a Twitter quitter? Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's very special, isn't it? Thank you, everybody, who's liked and retweeted our <laughs> Liz Trust tweets today. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's how you do it, everybody. You just make a oh, political dear. statement on Twitter and everybody finds it Sorry. amusing. I just, I was just like driving to school this morning because I saw a tweet last night that said, "Oh, um, this trust was PM for like, some days time. less than shares believe was at number one." I thought, "Oh, I wonder if there's a Coronation Street thing we can compare it to." And I thought, "Oh, Rosie Webster being imprisoned by um, John Stape." It's not called being imprisoned, is it? Kidnapped. It's being called kidnapped. Kidnapped in his grand's attic. Um, I wonder how long that was. And I got to school. Had a look on Coropedia, thanks guys, and um, and and did a little bit of googling with the dates and wow. everything, and it turned out that Rosie Webster was kidnapped for three days longer than Liz Truss was prime minister. And I thought, what? brilliant. Put it on a tweet. I knew it was John Stapes' nan's house or not his, but I thought that the wording of the tweet was already long enough. Bashed it out there. Like I was, I had the tweet all prepared at six o'clock, and I thought people might not notice it then, so I waited until seven o'clock. Press tweet. And it's blown up. We got over 4,000 likes on this one tweet so far, which is by far the biggest and um, most liked tweet that we've ever had. Thank you very much, everybody. It's been very fun. My watch is currently on charge because it's run out of battery with all the buzzing it's been doing all day. Yeah, and if you ever wanted to know any more about the behind the scenes of a slightly popular tweet, then here it is. What? The behind the scenes story of how you came to tweet. That's all it was. Fascinating, wasn't it? Yeah, that, is, is that a way that you want to start listening to a podcast? I was just, I'm just really pleased Look, with how well that's that tweet is our best done. tweet we've ever done. And I do apologise <laughs> that it's about Liz Trust because last time I did say, I don't think anyone's going to mind that we're um, joking about Liz Trust. And then somebody wrote in and went, actually... She's my friend. Oh, Jonathan. So, sorry, Jonathan. Um, please look after her. I, I feel bad. I feel bad um, for her. For her, uh, as a person. Um, I really, We don't really need do. to get into to the politics of things. It's all over and done with now. No, she's, but also, she's Jonathan, can you Minister thank her for helping us get our best tweet ever? Anymore. And um, who knows what... I guess by next. the time we do our next podcast, we might have an idea. Because they're going to get a new one by brilliant. next Friday, didn't they? Well, I'll tell you what, as fast as delivery and when you get a new sofa... <laughs> Oh yes, we've been out and we bought a new sofa this evening. There's two sofas in a year. The sofa we're currently sitting on, we're going to get a new lounge sofa so from DFS. imagine how many sofas we'll have this time next year. <laughs> well, so At far, so good. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, to celebrate, well not to celebrate, to pre-celebrate, doing really well on Twitter, we have got a new logo on Twitter this week, haven't we, on our social media. We've got our special Halloween podcast cover that I told you about last week. Hocus Pocus theme this year. I don't really like, I don't think it's one of our best ones, but lots of I people on Facebook good. liked it, so thank you for those people who liked it. I don't think the movie's that good. No, Hocus Pocus 2 was not great, was it? It was fine. It but was okay. I prefer the original. Definitely. It was, it just to me felt Can a much, very something? much like, oh, let's repeat the same jokes from the first one and then not make any new ones. I want to say something that really, uh, an observation that frightened me was that when I watched Hocus Pocus 2, I realised. That the women in it were the age I thought they were 30 years ago when I watched Hocus Pocus, <laughs> the original. Really old. 
Yeah, but they weren't, were they? <laughs> no, they? Were they about the age that we are now? <laughs> the Perhaps original. they were. Well, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker was pretty, was young. She was, wasn't she was, she? yeah. But yeah, so I, I made my Twitter cover. The, the duck is made up to look like Bette Midler's character. What's that? Is she Winifred? Yeah. Right. I got her name's It's quite handy that we have three three ducks on our logo, and there are three witches. Three is a magic focus. number. Yes. So anyway, that's going to be um, rocking our social media for the next couple of weeks. Um, hope you like it. Um, before we get started, we've got lots of preamble this week. Here's some preamble. Oh. Um, Emmerdale, we've been watching a bit of that this week, haven't we? We won't talk about it too much because this is already going to be a fairly long podcast, I feel. We haven't seen what? We haven't seen any more than a few episodes, but it was quite exciting. I really, we watched can I just Sunday, say, Monday, Tuesday. I absolutely love Emmerdale's set. I really, really love Emmerdale's set so much. I oh, want to kind of go too. there just to see the set. I don't well, know can, any you, of the characters. You can do this. You can do I know tours. who Kim Tate is. Yeah, we watched it on Sunday because we that was the fiftieth anniversary yes. episode, and it was Kim Tate's marriage and wedding. Wedding, yeah, and the the start of this big storm, which yeah. was the the centerpiece of her, its anniversary celebrations. And if you remember, I said that Coronation Street for its sixtieth anniversary, I did say natural have disaster, have a storm. Yeah, I, I think it would work better in Emmerdale because there was yeah. lots of straw to blow Pumpkins around, lots of trees to rustle, and lots of straw to go blow, blasting through the air, and everyone went into a building. <laughs> they just get a blast of hay, and people were going in and out of buildings an awful lot. There was an awful lot of oh, it's bloody windy outside. Well, I need to go outside to go and do go something. And something. Oh no, I've been flattened. <laughs> Or slash pushed over by a flying insert farm object here. Do you want me to? My favourite bit was the cow stampede, which yeah, led. Yeah, the cow stampede was good. Didn't we get that on Which Corrie? led to the dingle dangle. <laughs> it was a dingle dangle, wasn't there? Yeah. That was quite good. Um, it was just mad. It was, yeah, we, as we say, we've only seen three episodes, but it did pretty much seem like in a writer's room, they were like, what, what, what crazy soapy things could go wrong? What could we have blow over and crush people? There was a bush and push on a verge emerge. There was. They didn't, they basically didn't throw, they didn't say no to any ideas that anyone suggested. I it liked was pretty crazy. Kim Tate riding a horse. I think yeah, that was also great. don't get that on Coronation Street. You don't Street. get proper rich people tiny, striding but... around about. I thought that was great. Yeah. And I liked her big red coat. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she's marrying that bikes. horrible man. No, and, and yeah, I was watching it. Was I really don't know who many of these characters are. Well, it took until Tuesday to find to, to get Marlon, didn't it? Yeah. Who is still um still going post stroke, isn't well, why he? Why wouldn't he be? Well, I just remember Ken Barlow seemed to recover a bit quicker than Marlon. Maybe they're going to, through realism. But he was very good. I I must say I didn't really rate all of the acting on the Emmerdale. I'm not going to quantify how much of it I rated, but I would say, having seen three days of it, that Coronation Street seems to have a better calibre of acting talent. Um, I don't know, what did you think? I don't want to... I don't have an opinion. It's not my job place to judge yes, Emmerdale acting. No, it isn't. Come on, say. No, I don't care. I don't think it was that great, People, everybody. I don't really... Honestly... Uh, the set was great. They looked like they were being I blown thought, about. So. I thought the wind effects were jolly good. I thought it... Because, not to spend too long on this. No, no, no. I know they had massive wind machines, but I was actually fairly convinced that it could have been a real storm. Um, I, I I, thought it was good. I just wasn't sure the acting was all, all that great. And... Um, oh. Shame. That was that. That was my Emmerdale experience. I'm not desperate to, to get back to it again, but I feel that I have seen an important there historical you go. Great. TV Good event. Two this week. What would Liz Truss's resignation? Wonder what for that lady's baby's all right. I wonder. I wonder. We probably know now. We will never know. No. 
Um, neither will we ever know what happened um, in the, on these dates in years beginning oh, of seven or a two. Oh, why don't you go and ram yourself into a... <laughs> to a tractor's bike. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to finish the... Um, Wanted to finish the doing the mad, quiz band of dangerous today from the official nice Coronation quiz. Street puzzle book. Over 200 puzzles to delight fans of Britain's favourite soap by ITV Studios, out now from Octopus Books for fourteen ninety nine. Apparently not by Abigail Kemp, we discovered last not week. Not by when Abigail it, Kemp. Other things as it is. Okay. But, okay. Will you, could you give it a rest now? Yeah? Right. Yes. When a teenage Brit- Beth- Brittany. <laughs> when a teenage Bethany Platt first met the much older Nathan Curtis, who eventually went on to exploit and coerce her, what sort of business did he manage? Tanning salon. Yes. Interesting that you said Beth, uh, Brittany because that was Bethany's original name, wasn't it? Sarah Louise was going to of call her it Brittany. Was. Yeah. Named after the, um, the the songstress. It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> uh, Alan Bradley stole the deeds to Rita's house in order to secure a loan for his burglar alarm business, whose name was on the paperwork, which Alan fraudulently used to obtain the money from the building society. Yep. I can't believe you have to look at the answers. What was the name of? I'm. Could you shut up? Right, I'm not doing any more. No, go on, go on. Please. What was the name of the soldier who was <laughs> engaged... Me, I, need your, I need your questions. What was the name of the soldier who was engaged to Kate Connor and went on to develop an unhealthy infatuation with Maria? Kaz. 11. Drug dealer Callum Logan terrorised the Platt family, culminating with an attack on Sarah, who was trying to record a confession from him. Who stopped the attack by killing Callum? Kylie. He's quite easy. An early example of Maya Sharma's unpredictable behaviour was when she kidnapped a dog who was its owner. Tyrone. After Rob Donovan escaped from uh, prison... You're not saying yes, well done, Michael, you were amazing. I'm not allowed to look at the answers. I'm definitely you make fun right. of me. I'm looking to see whether they've got the same answers I think that they should okay. be, because this book could be wrong, Michael. It could be, it could. After Rob Donovan escaped from prison following his sentencing for killing Tina, he headed back to the cobbles. Where did he hide out with the help of Tracy? The old gym. What's it called? V Court Fitness. Yeah. Pat Freeland held Andy Carver hostage in a cellar for months before forcing him to shoot dead another man. He was the victim. Oh, but do I say Harvey or do I say Vinny? I'm going to say Harvey slash Vinny. What's his surname? Ashford. Yes, correct. Yes. You got full marks. Yes, I know my villains. Thanks, Gemma. Good quiz. Good well, quiz. I'm glad you approve. I hope everybody who I hope everyone's received their Coronation Street quiz book now puzzle book that we sent them last week for our, with our competition. Um, not yeah, the cast versus fans thing. If you haven't, let us know. You Birthday time, twenty third of October. Peter Can't Armitage, talk. who played Bill. Yeah, you just not shut up for about. I'm just going to have minutes. some tea. Birthdays, twenty third of October. Peter Armitage, who played Bill Webster, and Annie Hully played Gwen Davies. 25th of October, Brian Mills, who was the programme's longest-serving and most prolific director. John Mitchie played Carl Munro. And then the 27th of October, history editor Gavin Blythe. This is a really nice cup of tea. You made me this one, didn't you? Yeah. This has got a good flavour. Great. Thank you very much. Are you ready to talk Coronation Street? Well, I think you are. You've warmed yourself up. Why I'm in a, a chatty you? mood today, everybody. Here comes Street Talk. Okay, Street Talk for this week. We have got seven storylines to chat about to you in your ears today. And that includes... You haven't heard some of these storyline titles yet, Gemma, so I need instant reactions. To Murderer He Wrote. Huh? <laughs> to Murderer He Wrote. It kind okay. of is like Murderer He Wrote. Um, Summer Baby. That's an obvious storyline title, isn't it? I think as a teacher, Summer Baby is a fairly... 
common phrase that you might hear. Is it for normal mums? I don't know. Normal mums? Yeah, I suppose I'm You not. think you're a teacher mum? <laughs> summer baby. I'm a summer baby. You are that not. That explains a lot. Summer baby is a storyline title we've now got. Double crossed. Bernie has definitely been double crossed by Fern this week, hasn't she? Her doppelganger. Stu's been framed. Speaking of people framing each other, Stu's still going. Reading the red returns this week, Gemma. We had more Stephen, didn't we? And Gabrielle and a bit of Jenny. Um, so nice to see that storyline back on again. We had Tim and Aggie, platonic or shaggy, a little bit on Monday. And finally today, we had a little bit of a moving storyline with Daniel and uh, Daisy, Osborne House. Yes. And that's probably only makes sense if you live around these parts because there is a stately home on the Isle of Wight called Osborne House, but that doesn't have a U in the middle of My it. My nan used to work there. I know. But first, we have got um, a, a an extra bit to talk about because on last week's podcast, we mentioned the scene that we saw filmed when we were in Coronation Street back in August and we were thinking, we thought that should be on last Friday's um, episode of Corrie and it never was. Let's just wait to see if they sneak it in this week and they didn't. So Gemma, we have now seen the filming of an episode, uh, sorry, the filming of a scene that hasn't even aired and shall never air on Coronation Street. How do you feel about that? Very special? Yeah. We're in the club. We know this thing no, that's that, happened no. between characters, but did it happen? Is no. it canon? No, Michael, know. being in the club is what summer is. Oh, yes, she is, isn't she? We're, we're in a different... We've already misled people a few times where I've said something and people have gone, Gemma is not pregnant. No, I'm not. We are... So I think this is really cool. I'm just cool, fat. Thanks but... for asking. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to kind of get my head around the fact that, yeah, did this scene that we see actually happen? But um, to try and make it... Um, you know, more real as if it did. We're going to tell you a little bit about it um, so that you, you can know what we saw. And this was really cool because this is when we went on the Friday, wasn't it? Um, we, we were taken by um, Matt Hilton out onto the street. We walked past Sally Dinover and, and Lorna Laidlow, who I don't know which scene they were about to film. I think it was maybe one from last week, but we literally just we just saw them. And then we went around the corner and who was there but Jack P. Shepherd, Julia Goulding, um, Paddy Beaver... And um, Shanique, oh, I can't remember her name. That's really bad. But we, we before we that, that happened, we saw the scene that was um, between Todd and Paul. Yes, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, of course, yeah, and yeah. And then, then they, they well, did that they? very, very brief scene of. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who came out of the. the yeah, cafe. I think it was Paul coming out of the cafe and talking to um, Todd about summer. Because that's that's quite that. funny. The um, inside of the uh, Roy's Rolls, there is. That little partition that you that you see mm. right in front of the door, that's there, and there's a few other bits and bobs. Cover the tables and things. But there? it's not a complete set. It's no. just enough to make it look convincing if somebody pokes their head yeah. out the door. Before we'd actually gone there, that was when we were waiting in the um the entrance area of the of the, the studios building, wasn't it? And we were seeing all the um all the cast members coming forth, and that's like when we saw Bill Roach um coming in and he said hello to us and but, it's also when we saw um joe frost who was doing some pickups for yes he was he was yeah, yeah. but while we were waiting there then uh Julie... sterling brown thank you very much that's right so while we were waiting there that's when um paddy who's max and and jack who's david and julia who's shona um came down the stairs and said hello to us didn't they just a little bit who did the the platts they came down and they they they, uh, they acknowledged <laughs> us um <laughs> 
and we, we'd already seen Paddy earlier that day. Jack kind of gave us a hello. And uh, uh, it's Julia who who knows of us a little bit more. I mean, she'd been on the Cast versus Fan Squid, hasn't she? So she was she, she was uh, nice and, and happy. And um, she said, are you going to come and see us filming then? And we're like, we don't know. Do we're being, lo- we're being taken. Her. We do love Julia Gould. She's, she's awesome. She's really, really lovely. She said, are you going to come and see us filming? We're like, oh, maybe. We're being we taken onto the street. And she said, oh, we're filming on the street. So we think, oh, so we thought, oh, yeah, probably we are then. So we got there. We saw the Billy not the Billy, the Todd and Paul scene being filmed, had a bit of a chat with um, with Gareth Pierce, who plays Todd. Lovely. And then we had this other scene. Um, so this was with uh, Reese Dinsdale. And we gave um, everybody enough warning. We said last week we didn't talk about it unless we get told not to talk about it. We did. Nobody told us. Nobody we're not told us to. we can't talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. This is Reese Dinsdale um, directing, wasn't it? Who um, obviously he used to play um, Joe McIntyre in Coronation Street he got ten odd years. Surrounded by gale force. He did. Boat. He did. And so he was the person that we were talking about when we were saying he was getting really involved with all the actors and everything. Yeah. So, it was very really interesting to see him. Yeah. And and the other direct. thing. I, I yeah. When when we were watching this scene, this was when I was thinking we can't stay too long. I need to go and get my hair cut. And I did the same understand. pace as Ryan Prescott. And you thought my haircut was a lot later than it actually was. Yeah. And you're like, no, we've got like, loads of time. And I was and like, like we no, we don't. really, really don't. I was like, oh, it's like half an hour. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was it about five minutes. Yeah. So um, we we went to the uh, we were stood by the bus stop, weren't we? Round by streetcars. And, yeah. And um, it, funnily enough, Weatherfield Wayfarer did come past. We were like. Go away, filming. <laughs> there were definitely some aeroplanes flying over during the scene. They had to weren't stop there? for aeroplanes, and they also had a man come out. Well, I've mentioned this before, and he had a little uh, a light meter. He had a little thing, and he kept holding it up to the sky, going, "Yep, still there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, what the scene was, and it's not. I mean, thinking back on it, it's not you know mega uh, um, surprising why they cut it because I don't think it, there was, it was. Uh, they got a whole, you know, it wasn't really well, important if, the if information it was in the that show, was delivered. You would have gone, well, I'm not writing down anything that happened in that scene. Possibly, possibly. That does happen sometimes, you might have noticed. Uh, yes, I, there, there were some scenes like that today that I didn't write any notes for. But anyway, what happens is, and I'm trying to remember this, but um, I thought when we were watching it, I'd be able to, you know, watch it on the TV so I didn't have to remember it exactly. But the scene is, and I'm sorry we got far into this before I've said so. Shona is coming out of the cafe, isn't she? And if, I, if I'm if i missing anything, or if you remember anything differently to me, do let me know. Shona's coming out of the cafe, and she's talking to Dee Dee, who's standing there on the street. Now, we rem- you remember from watching the scenes recently that Dee Dee and Shona are kind of semi-friends at the moment because Shona was one of the first people that Dee Dee met. So Dee Dee's there, and Shona's talking to her about... Um, offside rule or, or something she's just come back from seeing Lily playing a football match I think and she's kind of complaining about the ref do you remember this yeah Gemma definitely remembers this and she's talking to Dee Dee about something or other and I don't know what and then David comes up and he's like oh Shona I need to talk to you about Max and Shona says to him um I'm talking to Dee Dee here actually yeah, what yeah. you do don't interrupt us and Dee Dee's like Oh, don't worry, don't worry, it's fine. I'll catch you later, Shona. And she kind of... She, has she saunters coolly she off. She saunters coolly off towards the rover's way. Um, David goes up to Shona. I can't remember and what they Shanique's say. And then Shanique Sterling Brown was just... Oh, yeah. She, walked, she, she, she had to walk off. So she walks all the way up to where the, the florist was. She kept nosing in the she florist does. going... The, the florist door was open because and she, she was she went inside and I had a nose around. the set is in there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. The florist set yeah. is in there. So she was just like, like having a look around going, we've not been in here before. Yeah. There was also a Preston's Petals van um, just yes. parked outside the medical centre as well, wasn't there? Yeah. So, I mean, this was very early on in Shanique's time in 
coronation well, she thing. She hadn't appeared on the screen. No, yet. she'd only been at the on the show for like three weeks or so. So yeah. it's like like us, any She's chance like, to get a nosy and a poke around, you would. Yeah. So um yeah. Then, yeah, David's talking to Shona about something or other to do with Max. Max. And then Max comes walking down Victoria Street from, you know, Victoria Gardens way. And then David sees him and is like, uh, you, what are you doing? Get over here. And Max says, oh, you're going to re- report me to the police. Is he like skiving off a school or something? I can't remember. Uh, and he said, oh, you're going to report me to the police then, are you? Um, and then David's like, come here, come here, you. And Max just walks off Max towards like, the no Rovers. Chance. Yeah, he says, no chance. And David's like, right, come here. And then he ends up chasing Max over towards the Rovers way, doesn't he? And I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think I think uh, Shona, Shona like, calls to him or something. And one of the takes, she was like, <laughs> truly cool. He's like, come here, you little beep. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was, wasn't she? I forgot that's my that favourite bit when they mess around <laughs> it, and have a laugh. They also, was... they got on all really, really well with each other, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That group of actors um, work together quite a lot. Mm, yeah. Uh, so it was nice to see them work together and mm. we really, absolutely adore David and Shona together, so it was lovely yeah. to see well, them. Well, it was really nice Great seeing Paddy as Paddy. well, having only having yeah, met, him met him a couple of days and, ago. And seeing Shanique as well, um, playing Dee Dee and sort of trying to work out from the very brief amount that we saw yes. of her, like, what character, what kind of character is Yeah, because be? we'd met Shanique two days before, we'd yeah. been told about her, but this was our first experience of actually well, seeing we, her. We didn't have... Well, we'd, see, we'd met her a while ago because we went to her performance she directed a play oh yeah yeah, yeah. but so we, we had we had no idea obviously she was going to end up being in coronation street no so um, but um yeah so th- this was the first time that's we got a lesson to, see to you D&D, to be so. nice to everybody isn't it because you never know where they're going to end up exactly yeah um so it was, it was really really cool um I, and, and and dom from the archive came in and had yes. a chat with us didn't he yeah. because we we gone out to lunch with him um, the day before I think oh yeah and, and I texted lovely. him to say oh we're here again so he came and so said hello you, to us and he, he stayed and watched the scene with us. We were talking about ideas for cider names. We were, yeah, we were talking about ideas for, for brand names and Coronation Street because that's part of his job to come up with such brand a brilliant, names for things. Such an ma- amazing job he's got. I, oh my God. And he does it so well as well. So much. I, and he's I, so, I want, so I nice. to have his job or maybe have Yeah, but he's job. lovely, so I think he should he's have very it. very nice guy. I know, he's lovely. And, and it makes then, it even worse, doesn't it? Because it's like, ah. Yeah. Oh. And at some point, <laughs> and I can't remember. Can't wish it on you because you're so lovely. <laughs> we've, been, we've been there on the street for about 40 minutes or so at that point. And then we were kind of shepherded behind round the corner weren't we so we were getting up close to the um, streetcar's door and, yeah, and the Nuttall's like, Brewery and it's like we're now trapped go. in there I've got to go my hair appointment is in five minutes such a showbiz thing to do and you are still at this point blissfully ignorant of my hairdressing that's right, time ignorant good, good choice <laughs> and I was like we gotta go we gotta go and then we kind of legged it through the street that's when we took some photos of the bistro that was all done up like the engagement party yeah, with all the we balloons were, and everything and we, were trying to, we had no idea then we didn't know no idea what it was there was no clue on the outside yeah yeah Went went back to the office, um, signed out or whatever, and then and then we were on our merry way. So um, that was our story of the scene that never was. And I think and that you know. is the end of our stories about watching it, filming. Yeah, it is. That is pretty much it. So if you found them boring, almost everything you should be happy now. You wouldn't find it because boring. there is no more. There was one other piece of information that we found about. But, Which um, we can't say yet. Well, you, yes, you might have to wait until later in the podcast. Oh, we're going to do it in a cabinet. Maybe at the very end to talk about that one because um, oh, that's been revealed this week. So, so we've if we exhausted our at the end of this episode, we've exhausted our Coronation Street 
knowledge and we can yes. ca- carry on as normal with no more knowledge than anybody else has. In fact, less than a lot of people because we yeah, don't... we're spoiler free. We don't have spoilers, so yeah. hooray! I think so, I think so, pretty much. But what a brilliant... I, I still I can't believe it happened and thank you to everybody that yeah. helped us so, and so Matt good. and Ali and everybody who were so nice. We're just going to have to go back again now so that we get a bit more ammunition, a little bit more secret... Ammunition? Inside knowledge. I well, I, I, don't, I couldn't have asked for a nicer that time. so, so good. Lovely, right, lovely, so lovely. now we've finished... Back to this week's coronation story. I'm sorry. And to, and to everybody listening on YouTube who... um. You know, don't usually get all the extra bits of the podcast. I hope well, you kind you of enjoyed Welcome this a little to, bit. Of a, to a new world. A treat. Um, Gemma, would you like to do To Murderer He Wrote or would you like to do Summer Baby as you're synopsizing? What do you think I should do? I think that you would oh. absolutely love to do To Murderer He Wrote because who would want to it's do the summer small. story? What? Make oh, sorry. Oh, that's what she said. No, what are you doing? I'm just making, I'm doing my notes things. Okay, right, go. To I'm Murderer He Wrote. I need things bigger. Yes. Let's go. Gemma, what happened on Monday? Oh, yeah, this story. Okay, right. On Monday... <laughs> what do you mean? You knew it was this story. I don't... There so was a secret return. Puns, I don't listen to your puns. Yes, you... I don't know what they mean. Go on, then. Leanne's looking pensive, and she can't get Harvey off of her mind, because, as we all remember, dear Sam <laughs> was writing to him, like, Dear Mr. Murderer, why did you kill my mummy? Does well, we didn't you... know at this point what he was writing to him, okay. do we? So she's, she, she just knows that he's been, that they've got this visiting order, right? Yeah. And she did, they both, Nick and Leanne were like, no, no way, forget that. Um, and Nick's like, well, I don't care. Who cares what he wants? I'm not bothered. So Nick tells Nina that he's worried about Sam and he's avoiding talking about Natasha to him. And Nina says, actually... Um, I think you should confront it head on. And she's a bit of an expert, seeing as what she is an orphan. After breaking the ice about Natasha and urging him to talk if he starts feeling sad, Nick tells Sam that they have a, they've got a, they should have a family get together. And, and Sam says, well, that's that's a good idea. Ooh, Bagsy having it at the bistro. At the bistro, Leanne's just fiddling on her phone and she says, oh, I've got to... She says to Debbie, I've got to go do something for Natasha's anniversary. And she fishes the prison letter out of the bin and calls the number. So Yes, because this week is Natasha's death anniversary, isn't it? Death anniversary. Also, Johnny. I don't think that got a mention. Maybe it did when I wasn't watching, but I'm pretty sure that Johnny was Jenny completely forgotten about. Jenny is too busy pining over her new missing boyfriend. I know, she's probably lying in bed tonight thinking, oh, bugger, it was today, There's wasn't it? I was didn't gonna... go to his grave. There's something else I was sad about this week, <laughs> and I don't... So, um, yeah, she's pining after um, Leo, got accepting offers of drinks from Stephen. Nice. And his her poor dead husband is turning in his grave or floating, floating in the sewer, depending on whether or not they hooked him out or not. So Leanne comes home and she finds Sam is writing a poem for his mum. And Nick tells her that there's this memorial they're going to organise for Natasha. And can she help? And she's like, um, no, 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 I've got to go to the cash and carry. She doesn't. Nick gets talking to Debbie later and it becomes apparent that she told a fib and she is not at the cash and carry. She's at the prison! Yeah, she's at the special table that is always reserved for if you're a member of the Coronation Street um, roster. It's right in the middle so everyone can see. Yeah, they always sit in exactly the same place. Harvey comes and sits opposite. Oh my God, it's Will Muller. He's back. Hello, gorgeous, he says. Did you miss me? I assume it's him and not Leanne's <laughs> <laughs> Right, let, quickly, let's just fill everybody out in because I've kind of forgotten what what was what happened with Harvey. 
He was the evil drug dealer. He roughed up. He roughed Jacob. up Jacob. Yeah, he, he gave him a. He yeah, and then ja- Jacob recruited over. Simon, and they both huddled, huddled in. There were county lines in, weren't they? In the house, and, and people were coming around and dealing drugs out of Leanne's house, and she was terrified because she was grieving Leanne the was, loss of Oli- yeah. Oliver, so she was not in her right mind. Simon was picking up drugs from people. Simon on the was trying to help. The they were running out of money because she wasn't working. Yeah, and then Harvey came along. And shot Natasha for some reason. Well, he's, Harvey ended up going <laughs> to prison for a bit in between, didn't he? He escaped from prison this time last year in the he big Coronation on... Street Spectacular. Jumped on the prison Oh, I remember what happened. In the rain. I remember they were driving along in the rain and then there was a goat on a stick and then they got distracted and then the goat was missing and then Harvey jumped out and went... Rah! Something like that. And then that. started pouring at, the, at their... Um, at their Range Rover. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm getting it confused with Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, so he ends up getting his way to Coronation Street, doesn't he? Um, takes Leanne hostage because he's trying to get at Toya because Toya denied him, uh, gave evidence that denied him bail or something. Anyway, cut a long story short, he shoots Natasha because she's dressed up as Morticia for Halloween. As and he was thinks it's Leanne. Leanne. And he shot her in Leanne yes. and Nick's He flat. escapes, he gets into a car, he drives into a skip, and Ow. he gets arrested. And then Curtis says a line from a medical DVD that he was watching with Hope and Ruby. 10 cc's of adrenaline stacked. Anyway, so that's who Harvey is, if you've not been watching it that long. I'm sure that was really like clear me. for you. So, Leanne's done. She, this lady's not for turning. She mocks him for his failed attempts to escape and kill her and says, leave me and my family alone. And she goes to leave and he's like, look, Sam's been writing me letters. And this is when it all comes out about mm-hmm. the letters. Um, this is when he's there. Why would you kill my mum, etc.? And he's like, could you get him to stop? Because it's a bit creepy. Yeah, the letters are all kind of along the lines of, why did you do it? Do you, um, do you regret it? How would you feel if somebody killed your mum? It's, yeah. If, if it's a bit, it's a kind of a bit like what it would be if children had a talk show. You reckon? Don't you think this is like, it's, it's Oprah for kids? <laughs> so, um, he, he's obviously quite uncomfortable with these letters and he's not replied to any of them. So Leanne finding out that he's been writing letters has a go at him and talks about, um, how awful of an effect Harvey has had on poor Sam's life, like the time it made him mute. And it's robbed him of an important part of his childhood. She clomps off and Harvey's like, I don't care. Just tell him to stop bloody writing me letters. So she goes back to the uh, bistro. She's all shaken up about this. And Nick's there and he guesses where she's been. So they go home and talk to Sam about this. What the hell are you writing him letters for? And um, Sam realises that he's gone to see Harvey and he's not interested in answering any questions. He's just fixated on the fact that she has gone to see Harvey. Wants to know how he was. Wants to know if he's read the letters. Wants to know what's happened to him. Why is he turned out this way? Because people aren't born evil, he says. There must have been a time when he was nice. What went wrong? And he's very insistent and he's very concerned about this and fixated on it. And um, Nick sits Sam down later and says... Stop writing these letters, please. And he says, well, I will do if you let me visit him. And Nick and Leanne try their hardest to dissuade him, um, but he won't take no for an answer. This is really interesting to me because they've not said anything about, and I don't know very much about uh, children with autism or the spectrum or anything, but this feels very much like something that a child who has autism might do. 
Well, he he was very being very single minded. He was fixated on this, wasn't well, he? Well, it isn't this to, also like for, not for understanding social. Yeah, it, and it, it was and trying it, very. It's not like it, also a lot of people um, mistake people with autism as like not being interested or kind of uh, n- yeah, not even really being aware of there being social rules. But that's not true at all. Is no, it? no, they they just uh, it's more difficult to understand and pick up on things that perhaps. Uh, other mm. people might find comes more naturally. Well, Sam just sees everything as in black and white, really, doesn't he? And he thinks and he, there's a reason. He, yeah, for yeah, exactly. Because and I I, he he was always looking for answers and reasons and questioning and inquiring because that's you know the sort of person he is. But sometimes, but and he won't accept that that's just the way things are, which is what Nick and Liam were saying. But it's a it's a kind of an important you know it's important to consider that people with, with autism, not that Sam is necessarily. Uh, being portrayed that way specifically they can give you a completely new perspective on things that you might not have ever considered mm. because we know you take things for granted in a certain way um i don't know what whether we want to get too deep into it but it's very interesting to me that he's very similar in that way to roy and they've always shied very hard away from giving roy a diagnosis of having any kind of yeah. uh, being on the spectrum or like having asperger's or anything um which i think gives them a bit of a get out of jail free card so that they're not being insensitive mm. but equally i do think that they rely a lot on that kind of uh character setup yeah to explain away some of the things that yeah, make roy the, a bit um, different mannerisms yeah don't yeah. you think oh yeah, yeah I, I i kind of wish that they would tackle it a bit more head on and be a bit more uh i don't know take a bit more responsibility for some of the things that they give these characters to do. Do you know what I mean? I do, but then at equal, I'm also thinking, is this going to, would that just be another issue story? Would that be another story where somebody is given some kind of label or condition? Not or, really, because or it's, a, it's, a, it's a personality, isn't it? It's part of his personality. It's yeah. not like, oh, I can't have milk. It's like how he interacts with the world. But he, he he's going to act the way he acts, whether he's given that label or not. I know, but I think it's good for representation. Mm. I think it would be nice for people. Because already I think that people um, find an affinity with Sam and Roy to a certain extent. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I don't know. I Just let me know what you think, listeners. Because I think there are arguments to be made for and against mm. putting a label on these things. Yeah. Some, some people, when they... Uh, like get a label uh, and and some children when they get a label like this do start to behave a little differently because they're told things from from parents or from people or from doctors or whatever and and say well you see things differently so you need things explained in this way and sometimes they say they say oh right so then they feel they have to tell people that i i like things like this and like that and I, I don't know. So it, sometimes it, it can be it, limiting. It, yeah, it can it can change behavior. And but I, I don't know. I, I don't think that we particularly need a need a label for it. It sounds uh, just Sam to Sam me. Sam is just Sam. Um, I'm just always thinking of a way I can uh, make things more complicated for everybody. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. Let's... I just find it really interesting because I, I love Sam and I love Roy, and I know that people who find them um familiar in the way that they behave might sometimes like to feel like you know they're all together and 
they feel less you know I, I know I feel less alone when somebody on television especially in Coronation Street is similar to me in a way yeah. don't yeah. you no, 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 okay no, no. on Wednesday Sam's in the huff and he's ignoring Nick and Leanne tells Nick that Sam just needs to get through today because yeah, today yeah, is the, the memorial day, isn't it so the plants meet up at the bistro for their Natasha Memorial Lunch. What's the main course? <laughs> <laughs> Nick gives a speech. It's very touching. But there's definitely... It's, it's kind of also a bit a bit preachy because he's like saying, everybody needs to accept it and move on. There's no reason for why it happened. Don't write any more letters. And Sam's like, oh, excuse me, what's the point? Um, you, you've... you've um, I know exactly what you're saying. And I'm not going to bother reading my poem because there's no point and I already know what I think and they're just words. So um, it comes out at the, at the lunch that Sam's been writing to Harvey and he says, I want to know what he what Harvey feels and I want to know if he's sorry and I want to know if he regrets it. And they tried to explain to him that you can't get answers like that out of somebody like Harvey. And Sam gives up and heads home and Audrey's following him. And there was a really sweet scenes with Audrey and Sam where she's looking after him and chatting to him and they're sitting there back at the flat and he tells her that um, he's a very clever lad but being clever doesn't always mean you're right. And she talks to him about her granddad and um, looking at the stars with him and teaching him all the const uh, constellations. And Sam says, oh, come round and look through my telescope if you like later and then our oh, Audrey says, says I along love, the love line. you that and was nice I thought that was so sweet I just uh, oh Audrey's so lucky to have such a big family I'm very jealous of her wish I had lots of grandchildren <laughs> Audrey um, she said something like oh and different constellations are the same which she says well, probably all changed since I was a girl <laughs> it was quite fun but that was very sweet that it was Audrey they brought her back for some um, because she, she we'd been a long time without seeing very much Audrey hadn't we, for, for quite a while, because they had been away from the show and we had COVID and everything, but they're certainly, um, when, when they're giving her these sweet scenes, she's doing a, a proper good job. And, and I've seen some people online commenting that maybe it would have been better from Gail, because we all do feel this way about Audrey, and, and Gail, lots of people are still thinking that she's, you know, uh, yeah, a bit, I've got a bit of a screw loose. And, I'd rather it was Audrey. I, I think I prefer it being Audrey. As much as I might have enjoyed seeing Gail doing it and, and getting all warm fuzzies from Gail, I think, um, to me, Audrey was best. And, and that, you're right, the bit where she says, I love you, was just was just great. It was just so sweet. And we, I don't, it doesn't feel like we've had a whole lot of Sam and Audrey together, really. They don't feel like they've shared well, many scenes before. She's his great-grandma, isn't she? Yeah. So it was just nice to see one of the sort of the oldest cast members and one of the youngest cast members, both of whom are incredibly talented actors, mm. performing together um, in this very sweet scene. Yeah, and like a proper legacy character of Coronation Street. And it, and it, it just made me think, oh, the, the future of the Platts is still in, in good hands. Yeah. So Nick and the Leanne dynasty. return home after after having this nice afternoon with, with Audrey and Sam says oh, I'm not going to write to Harvey anymore and Leanne is grateful to Audrey and calls her a miracle worker and I think that uh, Audrey's like you just have to talk to, <laughs> talk to him like they're people <laughs> in the ginnel Sam reveals he's lied and he has no intention of stopping writing to Harvey after all he's speaking to Hope by the way what did I say he, he didn't say anything he just said he reveals he just goes to the camera come here <laughs> bit of fourth wall breaking Shh. from Sam if anyone's going to do it it's going to be Sam isn't it don't tell him the other characters <laughs> it says they're on the script 
But Friday, Nick tells Shona he thinks Sam will have forgotten about Harvey by the end of the year. I don't know who Nick thinks Sam is, but he is not the sort of kid who forgives and forgets. Also, it's not like he's an insignificant person. It's not like he's going to forget that his mum's dead at Christmas. No. (laughs) Right, so, um, nope, Sam's not forgotten. He and I were talking about how easy parents are to fool. And then, this was a bit weird. Hope is around for tea. And then... Nick comes in and says, what do you want? I'm going down the shop. Would you like one of your fancy stir fries? And, and Sam says, no, we'll have pesto pasta. And he says, I'll get you a nice pudding then. And he says, no, there's yoghurt to eat. And Hope's like, you're boring. Why are you, why are you just letting him, why, why haven't he eat all this crap when we could have had anything we wanted? I'm going. So um, Nick goes off to buy, I don't know what other shops, because he ain't buying any dinner. And Hope says well you're boring and he says well I, I didn't I didn't feel like I deserved a treat because I'm lying to my dad about writing to Harvey so he's already being he's already guilt ridden so he's probably gonna confess next week that he's still doing it Hope thinks he's being a div and she leaves hmm. yes so um, what do, you, what do you reckon about this this week glad to see Harvey again I'm really interested about the where they're going with this because it, in a way it feels as though it would be beautiful if if Sam's childlike innocence unlocked something in Harvey's soul whereby he realised all the error of his ways and sort of repented his sins. But then equally, it would be like, it would feel a bit ridiculous that this sort of murderer gets off the hook. I because know. He, he un- you know, he unloads his sadness onto a child. Are we supposed to, if, if Harvey does sort of give an account of himself to, to, um, to Sam, are we then supposed to forgive him if Sam does? I mean, it's getting it is getting close to November, twee, but so a Christmas miracle where Harvey has a a reforming of character isn't necessarily off the cards. But yeah, I think it would be a little bit twee. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if we get a scene at some point where Hope, uh, sorry, where Sam goes to see Harvey though, and and I think that oh would, that will happen. That's going to be great because um, yeah, to have. To have little Sam face to face with the man who took his mum's life, and mm. and, and just we'll... and 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 seeing him as a human, and, and uh, Sam oh. seeing Harvey as a human, like when Leanne was there next to Harvey, she was just kind of sneering, and 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 she was she was great. She was a very hard face, wasn't she? She was not to. She didn't want to show that she was intimidated by him at all. Um, but Sam just be, would just be there and open and sweet and saying, "Please, Mister, why did you shoot my mummy?" I, 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 and I'd, I'd really like to see Harvey's reaction. I think he'd, because he was, he seemed pretty... struggled to, to give an account of himself as to why he's done it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he was asking Leanne to, or she, he was saying, just get him to stop writing the letters. He doesn't want that constant reminder. I mean, being in prison is enough, but to have, have this, this little kid write into him, that makes it even worse. He probably never gave two thoughts to Sam. At all. No, I mean, and it, he didn't even mean to kill Natasha, that's the thing. So I wonder how guilty Harvey actually feels about killing somebody who he didn't have any beef with, you know? I'm really interested. I just, I just don't know. It, you know, it feels as though this could... If Sam comes face to face with the fact that Harvey doesn't really know or care, is that going to fundamentally change his character? Is he going to lose his innocence? Mm. Or are they going to make us feel bad for Harvey? Because 
the actor who plays Harvey, Will Meller, is um a sort of a, a sort of um beloved kind of actor, isn't he? Well, yeah, because he I, was he, a comedic he, actor. Yeah, I don't think that he'd done villains before he'd done Harvey. Yeah, so he's got the so potential. He's, he's he's already got this kind of in the in the British public's subconscious this kind of base level of empathy for him mm. even if he is playing a villain who's murdered a, a boy's mum and yeah and he's dancing up a storm on dancing on not dancing on ice on there strictly at the moment isn't he w- which does mean of course i assume that harvey's not going to be in the street for long because if this was filmed back let's say late august early september time and, and now strictly started th- this harvey in prison story has definitely got a shelf life to it mm. so I mean, it, it, it could be that it's, yeah, before Christmas this is all over, but I, I don't know. It's going to... I hope that it ends in I'm some kind of sure. character development or realisation from Sam. I'm pretty sure it's gearing up for a very interesting kind of quasi two-hander with, with Harvey and Sam. Mm. I'd like to see, like, Sam... No, not lose faith or... Because he, he thinks there's an answer to everything and, and maybe he will just come away with this. He, everyone's told him, no, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason for this. Now is he going to actually come to that decision himself and that's going to shake his whole understanding and core belief about how the universe works because he's I mean, always thought there's been a reason for everything. In a, in a sense, that's a good argument for not putting a label on what, you know, is Sam autistic or, or mm. something. Because I, I certainly wouldn't want it and I don't think I ever made out that I know or or could represent somebody mm. because I don't obviously. No, you've you've not got any experience, have you? So I don't don't feel like I'm trying to put words in into a character's mouth and yeah. saying something like that. But yeah, maybe they want to be a bit more free with mm. where they take the character. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't just have autism and then have a revelation. <laughs> it doesn't work like that at all. It would never it would never change the way he views the world because. Yeah. That's who he is. I found um, Nick and Leanne's reaction to all this quite interesting, especially because, and I, I'm, I should have looked this up. I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure that when Nick um, found out about where the guy who'd killed his dad was in prison, and he, I mm. think he ended up like writing to him or wanting to communicate with him as well or something. This guy ends up coming out of prison. Do you remember? And um, he, did he hold Leanne hostage or something? I, I can't remember. I. I it was only on Classic Coronation Street maybe a year or so ago, but I can't remember all the details. But, yeah, Nick has been in a very similar situation as Sam in the past. Yeah, because Nick's dad... Parent murdered. wanting stabbed. to Yeah, wanting to contact the, the perpetrator. Interesting how this hasn't been brought up yet. Because it would be easy, very easy for Nick to say, well, I, I got in touch with the guy that killed my dad and it didn't do me any good. But... I don't know, Coronation Street doesn't always like to make references to things, otherwise um, Leanne probably would have brought up the drugs when she was was going through all that last year. But, um, yeah, so so they both don't want Sam to speak to Harvey, do they? Well, they're kind of right. If this was was real life, they would be correct to say, there are no answers here, you can't... He's not going to explain himself to you. you. Nobody kills somebody for... I mean, there aren't very many good reasons to kill somebody, are there? I don't know <laughs> exactly what do you expect to hear from this, Sam. You know, that's what I would ask him. Mm. If you're expecting something that 
gives you peace, you're not going to find it. I think that kid just needs to go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard uh, Toya's not doing anything at the moment. Yeah, she's still reclining. Yeah, well, she's living with them, apparently. I mean, we didn't, <laughs> didn't see hide nor hair of her this week. She's kipping on their sofa, apparently. I don't know what she's up to. Maybe she, she's been at the protest with Peter and Griff this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so, but, you know, end, end of the... You know, if you draw, draw a line under this in reality, you'd say... Um, if I was in their position, I'd be like, no way am I taking you, my 11-year-old as a kid, to a prison to see the person that killed your mum. You're too young. You wouldn't understand that they're absolutely right to protect him, as difficult as it must be. Because God knows cause... what this man would say. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, he, this guy's in prison. He's got nothing to lose. He's got his ego to protect. If he's there and, you know and other people are in this room at the same time visiting with our relatives mm. and there's a little kid there and he's like you know giving a heartfelt explanation for where it all went wrong for Harvey uh, to sort of explain himself away to a kid he's going to get ribbed for the rest of his prison career by everybody else <laughs> yeah yeah all you soft touch you know yeah. he's got he's got to protect his ego for himself as well for his own self esteem well it makes me think he's that gonna... he would just say something along the lines of Sorry, your mum was collateral damage in the same way that was it um, Gary did to Dev well, the other can, week about yeah. Kelly, and and Dev was like, "Why are you saying that my son was collateral damage?" Imagine Sam, because I bet he knows what collateral damage means. Yeah, and and to be told that literally his mum just got in the way, yeah. uh, that would that would ruin him. Yeah, but you know, would Harvey take that tack, or would he take? Would he be cruel? Because he could possibly be. You know, oh, who cares about her? She's nothing to me. You're nothing to me. I'll kill anyone I want. I'll yeah. do it again. Yeah. I'm it's, a drug dealer. Sam you know, really needs to I'm be kept away case. from him, but I, I think the likelihood is that we are going to be seeing a We're going to see a, a beautifully scene. touching... But who is it that's going to take him? That's the thing. Oh, I thought you were going to say who's going to write it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, is it Nick? Is it Leanne? Or is it somebody like Des Audrey or, or, or Gail or somebody kind of behind Nick and Leanne's back go and take him in there because they think it's the only thing that, or the best thing for him. I wonder. Well, it's the best thing for the storyline. Yeah. Does, I mean, because <laughs> if, if Harvey has written to all three of them, hasn't he, requesting a, a visit, so could somebody, I don't know, could, could somebody else with... Sam's letter take him in without parental consent I don't know how these things work I don't work. know either and I also like, don't could know. Hope persuade Fizz to take Sam in or something like that and also just because he's in prison doesn't mean that he's allowed to be harassed no you know, surely he could say to the prison people I don't want any more post from this kid you can tell it's his by the handwriting <laughs> if you see any children children's handwriting just bin it yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this was I, I I did enjoy this stuff. It was good to see a bit more of Nick and Leanne again because it feels like it's been a long time. You know, I know last week they were in it, <laughs> a long time since um, they've had a bit of a story. Sam, um, I'm enjoying this side of him a lot more than just the the chess obsessed kid that we saw earlier in the year. Um, great that we've got Will Meller back on the show. Um, the rumours around August time were that he was coming back, weren't they? So um, yeah. it was, you know, it, it felt fairly obvious that it was going to happen and, and it was cool. There's been a lot of returns in Coronation Street this year. We've had, we've had Sharon, we've had Spider, we've had you know, uh, Peter, uh, not Peter, uh, Stephen, uh, Jess, the police officer even, we've had this week. It's, it's been really cool. It just makes Coronation Street feel like a, a real place with 
With people that live with there. With people that come and go and don't just live there. So, um, the summer baby storyline, Gemma. It's the summer one. Oh, yes. Let's see what she's Summer's getting up over. to. Summer is over. Well, yeah, they should put it in a box for the rest of the year. So, we know what happens when people get in a box. Monday. People, there's this clothes shop thing swap That's going just, on. I, I'm confused. I'm so... Is it all the same people? It's different people. So, no, Esther like... and Mike, these two people that some of were introduced to last week by Billy, they're organising this clothes swap on Victoria Street and everybody's donating their, their various vetements for it. For what? Charity. But there was also a separate collection for refugees and then the week before that, or the few weeks before that, they were sending clothes to charity shops. So there have been three separate get rid of all your crap old clothes storylines. Well, I, th- I think, and I don't know whether you picked up on Corrie's subtle messaging in tonight's what? episode, um, they want us to feel bad for refugees on Coronation Street. And I just say, I, feel, I do. I, I feel, feel bad for refugees. I don't need Coronation Street to give me a history, not a history lesson, a, a PSHE lesson about refugees in more than one scenes. And having Jacob doing it, of all people. Because I feel bad for refugees, I wouldn't burden them with my old clothes. Would you not? They'd, they they'd don't love want, them. They don't want my clothes. It, didn't, it did feel a little bit like a, a refugee. Well, on Friday, we had, we had at least twice somebody go in, oh, imagine if you were bombed. How would you feel? <sighs> it, was a, it was a little bit too um, on the nose, really, wasn't it? Is this the first it? time it's occurred to you to, to put yourself in someone else's shoes? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so the, the, uh, this clothes swap is happening on Wednesday and everyone's donating stuff Imagine on Monday. Imagine if you were being bombed, wouldn't you like a jacket with a pregnancy test in it? <laughs> so among the people who are donating their clothes are Daniel and Daisy. And Daniel's decided that um, now has come the time to... Yeah, and Carla as oh, well. Right. Now's the time to get rid of Sinead's clothes. So they bag them all up, they take them down also, to summer. This was this storyline, these storylines were also the get rid of your dead wife's old crap storyline because we had the same with Roy yes that's true don't I'm still very worried about Haley's coat and where that is don't get my old crap when I die you've got to keep it forever okay <laughs> um, this is where um, Daisy drops in a line about oh my clothes don't fit me or something anymore doesn't she, she so, to says, sow the seeds of the who's the mummy mystery on um, Wednesday I've got a craving for some spicy food yeah and uh, oh don't fancy a Oh no, it's Carla that says, oh, don't fancy a wine. I'll have an orange juice. And yeah. I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, so Summer gives the bags to Esther and um, and, and she talks to her about splitting up with Aaron recently and and, and, and Esther's like, oh, me and Mike have also been going through some tricky times late, uh, recently as well. We later get to find out about their difficulties in conceiving. Well, she shouldn't have said that because I certainly wouldn't give her my baby if she's having troubles with her relationship. It's, no, no, it's not. It's just troubles... Yeah, I know, having but... Having a baby. Yeah, I know, but... Esther and Mike are strong. Not if they're having troubles. So, Wednesday, everyone's setting up their stalls. Um, Asher's there, Nina's there. Billy's telling Asher that Summer's putting a brave face on things because she's split up with Aaron, but she's, you know, she's powering through with this new initiative. And um, Peter's there, seeming fairly interested in the swap too. And Asher encourages Carla to donate some of her old clothes as well. So Daisy brings her bags of clothes along and uh, everything's, getting, everything's going swimmingly. Was this just an excuse for the wardrobe department to get rid of a load of old stuff? Without I'd... us going, what happened to Summer's old denim jacket? I don't think we actually saw many of the clothes, to be fair, did we? It was just all bagged up. Anyway, um, Daniel's still promising Daisy that he's fine with getting rid of Sinead's stuff. 
Um, but then Summer spots Aaron at the clothes sale. Um, <laughs> Daniel rocks up with a big bag of Sinead's old stuff and then old Nicky, his girlfriend, uh, uh, yeah. the, uh, the lady of the night, Nikki. rocks up going, has, has he given away that? cardigan because it's dead comfortable <laughs> yeah can I, I have like first that. dibs on that please <laughs> maybe maybe um, well Kimberly did turn up at the Inside Soap Awards this week well there so, you go um, maybe she's, she's still in and there and then he walks past he walks, she walks past Daniel wearing it and she's like what I paid for it <laughs> I'm have to keep it now um, anyway, so uh, Summer's seen Aaron and got a bit sad. So Asher goes over to the garage to see him. And I still, uh, every time I see Aaron there working on the car, I think you, you don't feel like you belong here. You don't, you, he I doesn't, don't think he doesn't that. strike me as the, the greasiest of monkeys. Oh, um, he's I, very brooding, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he just feels like he should be in a field with a poetry book or, or something. I, no, I think I still think he's a sparkly vampire and we haven't quite he hasn't quite unleashed mm. his powers. Anyway, she says, Aaron, look, Summer's a bit gutted that you didn't say hello to her back there. Oh, God, and he says, Well, you know, I've got a lot on my mind at the moment, what with my drunk dad and everything. Setting fire to the house. So meanwhile, Gemma is pleased with this £3 bargain denim jacket that she's got from this market thing. She loves it. And so she goes to the cafe with Chesney, but before they've barely been in their seat for a second before she, the nature calls and she has to go off for a waz, which is the word that they use when anybody from the Winter Clan needs to go number one because they're, they're common and rough. Chesney... I remember when Hilda Ogden used to say that, yeah. <laughs> oh, me, hey, Stan! Dan, I've got to, go, need to go for a waz! <laughs> Oh, Elder, that will go right through you. <laughs> anyway, um, Chesney delves into one of Gemma's pockets. I, the, at the time, I, could, I couldn't figure out why, but he said later that her phone was ringing. I don't know whether it actually was ringing or whether he just wanted an excuse to have Maybe a rummage. Maybe she had some chewing gum. Maybe. Um, anyway, so yeah, he pulls out this positive pregnancy test and he's like, what? Um, so I think if I was him, I'd just run away. I'd just run. I'd be like Forrest Gump. I'd never stop running. That was the um, that was the break time cliffhanger on Wednesday, I think, wasn't it? And it was like really obvious at the time that it couldn't possibly have been Gemma's, especially considering she said she just picked up this. But it was enough to keep us going through the break anyway. Post Waz, Gemma comes back and and Chesney's like, "I just found this. Please tell me." And she's like, "That she thinks it's hilarious. She's not pregnant. Oh, but I wonder who is." And this uh, stuff, this actually quite fun who's the mummy mystery on wednesday i mean uh, the, the the problem i had was that sadly i had seen who the the mummy actually was but um it i think it worked quite well don't you think having these potential candidates and dropping in these clues earlier in the week yeah it was just a bit disappointing when the person who it turned out to be pregnant is probably the character out of all of those i'd least like to be um you know, the bearer of, 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 of a babe and, and, and a big story over the next nine months. But anyway. Well, who knows if it's going to be a big who story. Who knows indeed. Anyway, so Gemma goes back to the pub for that is where she works and she tells them all about this amazing denim jacket she donated and Daisy's like, oh, I donated one donate of it. these. What? She didn't donate it, she got it. Oh, sorry, Je Gemma got it and Desney Daisy says, oh yeah, I donated one of those. And Gemma's like, oh ho ho, I think I found out who the mummy is. And um, Gemma, after a little bit, says, oh, well, you know, um, 
I found that I found that pregnancy test in your jacket, Daisy. Congratulations. And Daisy's like, no way. I'm not pregnant, but he's enough for me. No way do I want another kid. Thank you very much. So whose baby is it then? And Gemma's like, tell you what, who else? Whose pregnancy test? Whose baby is it? And Gemma's like, oh, oh, I'll tell you who really likes wearing denim jackets. Carla Connor. There's I'm no like, way what? on God's green earth. <laughs> I don't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thick. I just can't see her wearing. You can get black denim, can't you? Yeah, but she, that was more Carla's style. But maybe no, maybe she has. But maybe. I, I don't. I wouldn't it say it's the sort of like thing that she would wear all the time. Her normal outfit choice. No, and, and I kind of struggle to believe that that Gemma and Summer and Carla and Daisy are all the same size as well. But I don't know. So um, anyway, Carla comes into the pub later and. Je- with Peter. With Peter, yeah. And Gemma's there, just like, her eyes out on stalks, like, checking her out, going, oh, she got a bump, but she got a bump. And um, eventually, Daisy burts out to Carla, we found this pregnancy test, are you, are you, is this yours, are you pregnant? And again, her and Peter's reaction is just to laugh their heads off at the suggestion, and Carla's like, no bloody way, it's not my baby. So we've still got it's a not, bit of a mystery going on. It's not a baby, Michael, it's a pregnancy test that's positive. What? That means a baby. It's a fetus. I do not have a fetus in my womb, says Carla. So it's still a bit of a mystery. Now, but... I just want to say quickly, public service announcement, because Coronation Street was too busy lecturing us about um, refugees. refugees. Don't go around confronting people about pregnancy tests, especially in front of their significant others, especially if you don't know whether it's good news or bad news, or just mm. keep it, just keep, just shut up. Just keep it. To I think. Yourself. I think most people, even even I, who knew very, who knows very little about um, social interaction and and ladies and things, I don't think I would say, "Ooh, are you pregnant?" Daisy but, and Gemma are the perfect two characters. Well, I would say Gemma so mostly about this is not appropriate for you to be so excited. I, I wouldn't say that Daisy is. She's very canny, as Daisy, yeah, but, but Gemma think, absolutely no, perfect for blurting I'm things gonna out. I'm going to say that I feel like although Daisy has had hard things happen to her, I think she's not got l- enough life experience to really fully appreciate that these things aren't always fun and and. She's probably just used to like going on Instagram and seeing all these people saying, I got a baby, I got a baby, and everybody being proud about it and wanting to share their bump and and look where I got my new pram from and everything. And uh, maybe. And, and maybe she thinks Carla would want to be the I same. Don't know. I imagine if Daisy did get pregnant, that she would be, you know, getting pictures of the latest um, baby grows or whatever and hashtag not an ad or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure she'd, she'd love it, but yeah, don't. If you want to see more of that sort of stuff at the moment, do check out Shona, um, sorry, Julia Golding's Instagram because she's full of the latest baby gadgets Aww. that she's been given. She's very excited about her upcoming sproggy's jewels. Anyway, not Carla's, not um, Daisy's. Who not is Jenna's. it? Well, back over at the community centre, Summer is going, hmm, I can't find it. Has anybody seen my denim jacket? Has anyone seen my pregnancy test with a denim jacket wrapped around it? <laughs> and she's there with Paul, isn't she? With with kind of dad Paul. And she, and he's like, well, you know, somebody maybe has mistaken it for something that was for sale. And she's like, uh-oh, somebody's picked up my denim jacket. They're going to find something quite private and personal in there. So um, back in the pub... Paul goes over there for a drink or something and Gemma shows off this jacket because this is her new best thing and says, oh, um, I found that I got this at the at the sale and look what I got inside. It was a pregnancy it's test. It's still in her pocket. And, yeah. And Paul's like, oh, uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> he puts two and two together very quickly if there and realises that young Summer is up 
the duff. The first thing I'd be doing is taking that denim jacket to the washing machine. Yeah, well, because of the wee stick. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> also, all those women behind the bar should have gone and washed their hands immediately after spending all that time pouring over it. I still, I mean, this is this is a, an age-old Conversation Street question about just how hygienic are pregnancy tests to be waving around in I people's saw, faces and carrying around in your clothes and everything. I saw a stupid video, which I think was a setup where um, a woman told her friend that she was pregnant by putting her pregnancy test stick into her friend's cocktail and her, and like her friend was there in the cocktail and wasn't looking at all yeah. and then eventually she's like look at the stick look at the stick because you you have weed on this thing yeah you've weed on it don't carry it around in your pocket well we don't put it in a little plastic bag or something at least they come with a box surely I well, don't know. We, we don't, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't wave a COVID test at I mean, people. We had, we and had, that's just spit. Uh, we had that um, story in Coronation Street a couple of years ago, didn't we? When when Gemma was pregnant and Bernie was selling, selling all her, the, wee. her wee sticks and everything. Yeah. So it was I a bit just, of a flashback to my that, hands, maybe. You know, you know, it just makes my hands feel a bit greasy and I feel like I need to wash my hands. Yeah. But yeah, Gemma is Gemma is um unhygienic, unhygienic, loud. Unlike you, who's a, the a very epitome of sophistication. Oh yeah. So anyway, um, Paul's realised. He goes and confronts Summer and said, "Gemma's found a pregnancy test in your pocket. You're pregnant, aren't you? I haven't told anyone. Just let me know. Does Does Aaron know? Nope. She says I've not told to him about this one. And Paul says, "Well, he deserves to know. He's the dad. It's his mess as well." And she and he says also. By the way, um, sorry, I may be part of the reason that Aaron um, was Isn't the way right? he was last week because we had a bit of an altercation. So she's like, "Oh my goodness me! I need to go and see him." So she goes over to the um, to the garage and um, blurts out that she's pregnant to him. And his his reaction was actually quite refreshingly pleasant. I I thought this was surreal because he basically said. Don't worry, Summer. This isn't a story about whether I accept that you're pregnant or not. This is a story about something else to do with the pregnancy. He just kind of... He was just really lovely. Don't worry, it'll be okay. We'll get through this. We'll do do it together, whatever it is. Yeah, it was quite sweet. I thought that... They had a nice hug. I thought it was adorable. Um, Yeah, it it was just to say... This isn't a story about whether or not I'm going to be mad. No, and we'll we'll get through this together. So nice, nice. I still like not. They're not my favourite couple. Still, they're still. I would say they're suited to each other. I'll give them that. But um, that did that did help me warm to them ever so slightly. It was very nice. It was very. This is this is what you would want to hear if you yeah. were a teenage. He summer. is a nice guy. He's a totally nice guy, isn't he? But you know, nice guys are boring. And I, I know because I am one. <laughs> um, Friday, Summer <laughs> is um, is chatting with Paul at the beginning of the episode about you know what do we do about this baby then, and he's like, well, there are options. It's, he's and... like, look, depends on how long the storyline you want it to be. Yeah, you can do really short storyline, which is the termination. You can do a medium length one, which is the nine months long, which is the adoption storyline, or you can do an eighteen year one, which is have the baby and raise it. <laughs> how long do you want to be in the show, Summer? <laughs> Um, he says, look, whatever you do, it's going to be all right. But as the episode go- goes on, it becomes very clear that he is definitely in that keep the baby camp. So do do all the... Yeah, because we've got the three dads, haven't we? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, so we'll, we'll find out about them later. Yep. So later on, 
I like oh, there there is a few in the beginning before I knew where this was going. Every time Esther came on the screen, I was like, like I don't do I need here? to write anything? Who is this lady that's come in? I'm not writing what you're talking about. But anyway, for one reason or another, Billy's they end up in the pub friend. together. Yeah. So we got the pub scene with Summer, Aaron, Billy, Esther, Mike, who is Esther's husband, um, and they're, and they're there at a booth. Um, eating a hot pot which Esther will not shut up about yes too much celery in the hot pot she hates apparently. it I, who I, the hell if, if I think Coronation Street couldn't have made it clearer to us that we're supposed to hate Esther yeah she's like oh I don't like this hot pot it's like <gasps> you dare. that is Betty's secret recipe sacrilege just because she never tasted it because she's vegan doesn't mean that you can just <laughs> slag it off um, yeah so uh yeah, I, well, the punchline of that where Jenny at the end says, well, there's no, not even any celery in it was quite funny. Yeah, shut up, Esther. But anyway, um, Billy is kind of taken a bit aback about why Aaron's there because I think he didn't know at that point that Aaron and Summer were back together. Um, Summer's also looking, you know, just to, for a change, she's looking a bit miserable and pale. What? And Billy's like, she's you're not so, yourself. So and I'm like, she's hearty. very much herself at the moment. But she's even whiter and more miserable and sullen than she usually is. Can I just say, I've, really, I've worked it out. Aaron is a vampire and he's just sucking the life from her. He is. He's an energy vampire, yeah. isn't he? And, yeah. and Summer's just the husk that remains. Anyway, um, Billy says, can I use my glucose app? Oh, it says here, Summer, that your glucose levels are all right. That just feels weird to me. What? That he's checking the glucose levels of his 18-year-old adopted daughter. Why? I don't know. It's just a bit like cut the cut the apron she... strings. Well, she cut the Bluetooth she strings. Didn't want to do it herself, and so I he's know. doing it for her. I know. She's got an eating disorder. I, it just feels a bit big brotherish. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, she said he says that your glucose is fine. What's up? And Anessa says, "Oh, I've got some ibuprofen in my handbag. Do you want some of that?" Paul butts in. He's just come in to get Gemma's wages or something. It's like, yeah. oh, don't know Summer whether she can have ibuprofen. Now, this was news to me. Can pregnant women not have ibuprofen? I don't know. Are you Googling that right now? Yeah. Gemma's Googling it. She's going to find out a definitive answer not for an NHS recommended, online. Unless it's prescribed by a doctor, especially if you're more than 30 weeks pregnant. Well, because it can affect your baby's circulation in kidneys. Interesting. But I might also say, would Paul know this? Uh, well, Paul's, had, Paul's got a sister who's had five, four kids, but she had them all at once. Yeah, I suppose you might have known from her, but anyway, that's my fact that I learned today. No I just hate the way pregnant, that all the way. people can come and tell you what you're allowed to do and not do if you're pregnant. I understand that everybody's trying to help you. Don't tell me what I can and can't drink or well, smoke. If, well, yeah. I know I understand. I really understand. Believe me, I understand. But it just feels like it's typical, isn't it? <laughs> the life of a woman is your your body is never yours. Just not for those nine months. No, for the it's public sake. property from the day you're born. <laughs> anyway, um, Billy puts two and two together here. <laughs> I can't Paul believe... Paul says you these... can't have ibuprofen and Billy's like, what? You're pregnant? Like, well They're done, all Billy. so dumb, honestly. If I, why can't people lie on this programme? I'd be like, because she just had some paracetamol or, oh, I took, I took some, I took some Migrolief or I already took some... I already took some paracetamol. Can you mix sneaky. them together? Too sneaky for half, Jan, by half. Anyway. Honestly, I would never have put this together. Billy, I don't think many people would, to be honest. Um, anyway. But to be honest, it was refreshing that we didn't have people not knowing for, for years. I know. On Wednesday's episode, I was like, oh, how long is this going to be kept a secret? But 
out in the open at least now. Billy doesn't want to make too much of a scene in the pub, so he's whispering some very cross words to Summer in the booth. And Aaron's like, look, mate, this isn't going to help treating her like this. Imagine how she's feeling at the moment. So Summer... Um, she's not too keen she on She goes herself. off. No, she goes off and has a bit of a bench sit in Victoria Gardens where Esther approaches her and says, oh, she's just like, notice you're surrounded hey, by men. Would you like I'm a to lady. talk about your baby? Yeah, basically. She and then just comes across like... as like... Yeah. <laughs> baby. What? Baby. Free that... baby. Free baby. I, yeah. want there to be a, I want there to be a fight. Toya versus Esther scrapping in the street yeah. over Summer's unborn child. And Summer's Make like... Make it happen, Coronation You know street. what? I've decided I'm not keeping it. But it, it does... Don't you think, like... What? Characters, women that can't have babies are kind of frequently characterised as being desperate, creepy child-snatching types. Yep. It's not It's not a good look, because I'm sure that there are plenty of ladies who can't have babies that are just like, that's a shame. Or I'd quite like when maybe one day... But yeah, that's two two characters in a row that have been coming across as just a it's tad on the desperate side. things that, because of the drama involved, I think Coronation Street would rather go for drama than... Yeah. Because honestly, I, you know, the demographic of women who want children and can't have them is probably not as much, not that, not that high, so they're not, not afraid of alienating <laughs> <laughs> that group of the population. Maybe but not. I do, I I've always had a problem with the way Coronation Street treats uh, women that don't have kids. Mm. And Esther, I feel, is not an standing example. Or, or just don't want them. Um, anyway, so Esther, basically, we, we get to learn a little bit about her backstory, is that her and Mike have always wanted kids, but it's just never happened. So and then Mike comes along. Somebody and... should tell them what they need to do, because it sounds like they're confused. Well, yes, they they, well, they just they made, made it very the way you said lines. it. Just made it sound like they were like, well, we've rubbed our fingers together and no baby, nothing's happened. And Done the Eskimo stork, kisses, no, stork, nothing. A tub of stalk, no. Look through the Bible and it doesn't completely say. <laughs> it, it 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 hints at things. Is there a but... rib thing that we've got to do? Eat spare ribs, something like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, Mike comes along and um, is like, "Did saying, you ask her about the baby?" You ask about the baby. So, so basically, it turns out that Esther and Mike want to have Summer's baby. Basically, I feel Esther's so... like, "Can we?" And I this feel is sorry a woman for them. who she's known Summer for like I know, a week. This feels like a conversation that that could have happened. At a later point, but for drama, it's happening now. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what I think about this. Maybe um, it's like putting your name down on the list for a private school. You got to get in there early yeah. before somebody else does. Like, before eat? some refugee comes and takes your school place. You know what I mean, don't you, Max? <laughs> like when you're at a restaurant, you're like, are you gonna eat? Are you gonna have that? Are yeah. Gonna... <laughs> are you done? Are you done with that baby? <laughs> If you don't want it, I'll have it. So I was like with the Yorkshire pudding yesterday, yeah. wasn't it? Well, um, in, in America, they call it a, a Dutch baby. Do they? Mm, oh, some places. I didn't say that. So anyway, they're basically saying, can we have your baby once it's born? If and she's like, what? And she said, oh, don't worry, you'll be fully compensated. She's like, are you trying to buy my baby? Because I'm pretty sure that's illegal. And I then thought... around the street, people are saying, shut up, we've been doing that for years. What do you mean you can't sell babies? <laughs> it's like half the Weatherfield economy is based on baby selling. Yeah, there's a special online baby website called ba- Baby Bay. Baby. <laughs> baby Bay, that's what you call it. <laughs> I also thought, honestly, someone being like morally outraged at the, the idea they wanted to buy a baby, it was like... Oh, shut up, Summer, you bloody swat. What do you mean it's illegal to buy a baby? You can buy anything. Yeah, these days. 
You, if you can buy a gun, you can buy a baby. <laughs> and they're saying, no, it's just like, you know, it's hospital trips, taxi rides listen, anywhere. Listen, love, if you're going to have a baby, you're going to realise it's not all fun and games. You're going to want that cash. Well, There's quite. a lot of things that you're going to have to pay for, like cream and special socks. Yes, and and holidays abroad. Which I'm sure you'll be able to get on with our, with our cash injection that we'll be giving you. Anyway, um, they say, look, this is all part of the God's plan. They're us meeting you. Uh, we, were, we were looking for somebody. You have been delivered to us. It's a sign. And oh, yet again, it's a case of the nutty Christian on Coronation Street. which I've got The a, nutty childless Christian. Which I've got a massive... It, it seems like... It, again, we've, we've talked about it in some podcast. You can't have a Christian character without them seeming utterly crazy apart from maybe Emily you know I was wondering if Emily, Sophie em- was as well no but, but Emily no no they've all, they've all had their moments haven't they of of where, where they've been made out to look silly and I think it's a case of othering you know I think that that Christians are othered and, and childless women are othered it's like we, they're not part of our group so we can talk about them however we like and treat them however we like because mm. They're, they're in our group and uh i just don't feel that other other religions are treated in the dare. same way as they do to christians they wouldn't be as flippant about another religion and partly for good reason because I, oh yeah I, I agree it's for good reason but i just think there's a, there's not an equality there necessarily no, but anyway summer tells aaron and he thinks that they sound a bit nuts um, Billy's meanwhile breaking the news to Todd and he's like, well, I'm the last to know about this. Um, what's she going to do about it? Obviously, she's going to have an abortion, right? Paul pipes up, uh, no. So this sets two of the three dads against each other. So Billy's just there clutching his beads well, or something. Well, no, because... So Paul's against a termination. Yeah. Billy... Um, Todd is for. Todd is for it. And Billy is like, well, I'm a vicar. You kind of know what I think, so I don't need to say it. Is well, Billy. he does say it's a baby at some, uh, you know, it kind of, uh, yeah, I think it goes without saying that he would not be keen on. Yeah, that's why he was so mad when he found out. Because he's like, oh, God, can't do anything well, here. But I, I mean, did get away gonna... with and get, I did get forgiven for shooting a heroin in the church. So maybe if I get my daughter to have an abortion, I can just say, sorry, God. There are arguments, the pro-abortion arguments to be made in the Bible, and not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I what I think about it either way. It's none of my business, but I have read people use Bible quotes to support the idea that um, you can you can abort a baby. Well, we'll see if Billy's because read it, those. there's even isn't there even a, a, a passage about life is breathed into the baby when it is birthed. I don't. So know. like life begins at birth rather than. Whenever else you want to say that. Quite possibly, but to be honest, I think that, that Billy's, despite being the Archdeacon of Weatherfield, I think probably his understanding of deep theological matters is um, fairly thin on the ground. I know. And it also, just goes, takes it all that says, I'd probably better say no to that. What a scandal would be in the paper, wouldn't it? Archdeacon's daughter. Yeah. The three gay dad kid. Maybe Billy will take her to the uh, villain's alley for a little bit of a backstreet abortion. No, no, Uh. no. Um, So anyway, uh, yeah, so Paul's reasoning is like, I can't, he, 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 he kind of just makes out that he's lots, he's seen lots of other children, well not children, adults now, um, summer's age, having kids and they're fine. And Todd's a bit of a snob about this, isn't he? Saying, oh yeah, on the Paul Robeson estate, of course. 
thousand. Oh and, my god! I mean, I think I don't know whether I think we were supposed to be on Salt of the Earth Paul's side here, but I think I was uh, Team Todd at this point. Just oh, kind of Team None so, of My Business. So I, I'd probably be thinking him, but oh yeah, it's none of my business. I'm Team. Well. I'm glad this is nothing to do yeah, with glad me. Glad it's not happening to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so anyway, they're having these arguments. Well, I mean, Paul's Paul's position is. You know, I come from a big family. My my sisters had four kids. They babies are great. I, I want to have a, you know family brilliant babies. I love them. And then Todd's there going. My life was ruined when I put my dreams to one side for. Yeah, yeah, for little baby Billy, he was talking about because he was supposed to be going to Oxford back in the day, wasn't he? And, and then, then Sarah, Sarah Louise, Louise got pregnant with Billy. Um, it didn't last long, sadly. And, um, no, what the, the, baby the baby died. Yeah. Okay, you don't say it like that, Michael. Sorry. So, so then he, you know, he didn't yeah. didn't work out very well for him. Yeah. And but even if it had, you know, even if I, I think he's thinking, even if it had turned out the best possible of ways, I still don't think it would have been the best thing. Yeah, he's me. saying that someone shouldn't. That this is going to completely. If she goes through with the baby, this is going to completely change her life. She's too young. She's got a whole future. But it made ahead me of laugh. Her. It's like, look, sorry. Sorry, um, Todd, but someone's already looking a bit like a wait. I don't know what you think she's going to achieve in her life because that girl, she's had her chances. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I hear that with it, pregnant women glow and maybe it's good for Summer if she has a, ba- a, a baby <sighs> because then it might, you know, cheer her up a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's worth the risk. Um, anyway, Paul realizes. Hey, fellas, your your lady looking a little blue. Why not give her a baby? That's what women need. <laughs> Paul realizes that he's not being listened to and storms out. Why is he cat? It's none of his business. I... It doesn't matter what his opinion is. I know it's literally nothing to do with him. Well, it is something to do with him. This is the difficult thing. It's like it is none of their business. But equally, they're going to be changing nappies if she chooses to keep a child mm. or they're going to be, you know, dealing with um, having to uh, support her as she grieves if she decides that she doesn't want to keep it well, yeah, if indeed it, that it affects her in that way. This will be going from... Because it from, might not necessarily... This will be going from three men and a little lady to three men and a baby, won't it? Maybe. Um, I just think that the relationship status is weird and I'm still like, I don't know who's living where and I like, who's going I out I with quite who. Like it. And anyway... Meanwhile, Aaron is in the cafe with Summer making a list of the pros and cons of keeping this baby. And Summer's like, I can't believe you've been so flippant about this. This is our baby's life you're talking about. I don't know what to do. Well, Uh, he's saying, yeah, he's talking about, should we give the baby up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, hang on a minute. I don't even know if I can be pregnant, if I want to be pregnant. Yeah. Oh, isn't this a dilemma? Well, no, because she's got her diabetes. She's got body issues. She's worried about putting on weight. Mm. And, yeah, and, and she says, she says going ahead with this pregnancy could be dangerous for the baby. And, and she didn't her. just mean being born into a boring family. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but also the physical things that they do not tell women about until you're already pregnant, about all the things that can actually happen to you. Oh, I know. Like, you can you can develop allergies. Your feet will never be the same. Your, your hips never go back to the way they were. Don't spoil it, Gemma. Who for? Potential 
people should know and i don't i think it's shameful that you you don't uh, don't find out i know i was pretty shocked um so aaron seems to be coming around to the idea but summer's still really not sure at this point so the dad trio carry on debating summer's pregnancy <laughs> later she walks in on them and is like what the hell are you, you're discussing me and i'm a piece of meat sorry this is my decision not yours anyway i've decided i'm gonna have an abortion I was surprised by that. I don't think she will. This is the thing. I I think that she said this now so that she thinks she's going to go through with it and then she doesn't. I'm surprised also that we're using the word abortion because I thought we were supposed to say termination. No, you've said that before. I think that they... um... They, they go they back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So, um... I think that they use the word termination when they want there to be less stigma. Yeah, yeah, you might Even though right. it sounds worse. I know, terminal. Um, so, prospect of pregnant summer, Gemma. Does this fill you with joy and glee and hope for the future of Coronation Street? <laughs> um, but I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a character who I least wants to spend the next nine months with going through some kind of pregnancy story. Oh, I was going to ask you, I want to know, in the last five years, how many pregnancies have been planned? Oh yeah, because you put out that tweet last night, didn't you, saying that would be a genius idea for a Coronation Street storyline if a character... Like characters planning characters plan to have, have a baby, baby and, all fine. and it all goes well. Because I genuinely don't think there have been any planned pregnancies... No, everything just seems to, whoops, how did that happen? Because then that's drama when the person finds out they're pregnant. I think there's, um, like in Game of Thrones, the way genetics don't work the same way as they do in in our world, because you have things like the Targaryens, all incestuous and nothing bad seems to happen to them, and the way that... Apart from they go mad. Brown hair is always dominant in, you know, and that's how you can work out whose kid is what. Mm. Um, I think that the genetics of Weatherfield are such that you can only get pregnant by accident. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because this was an accidental pregnancy. I, don't, I mean, they didn't go for exact dates. And I, I don't know how many times Aaron and oh, Summer have no, done it. No, I don't it, want to know. But their first time together interested. was on Summer's 18th birthday, wasn't it? When they went <sighs> to the hotel grim. together. And and I, I did my maths. No and way. I found out that nine months after that is the end of May. And we all know what that means in Coronation Street time. Summer having a baby on Britain's Got Talent Week. So, and sadly, it all kind of lines up that I think that she quite possibly could have this baby. The other thing is, the last similar-ish storyline to this was Amy. And I know Amy was a, quite a bit younger than Summer is now when she um, got, got pregnant. But that was a bit of a flop of a story, wasn't it? And it was over before you know it because she decided that she was going to go through with this um, abortion. And I don't think they go down the same route again. So uh, all, okay, I'm gonna all call things it. seem to be pointing towards Summer having this kid. I'm going to call it Britain's Got Talent Week next year. Summer and Aaron versus Esther and... Mike. Mike. Um, who have... They've, they've decided they were going to give the baby up for adoption. And then right at the last minute, they changed their mind. And then they sort of desperate... Um, fleeing with pregnant Summer is trying to escape them, the baby snatchers. Yeah. I mean, it does sound a little bit too close to this year's Britain's Got Talent with the Imran and Toya in a car with with a baby kind of story. No, not the but same. I know. Um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. They could do an Amadeo and she could ride away on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you, know when, gonna... you know when it's your due date and you, you, the baby's just not coming, you try anything, right girls? <laughs> Even riding a horse or a quad bike that explodes. So do you think, do you agree as well that she's going to 
at least try for this baby not have an abortion is it going to be like she'll go to the abortion clinic and she changes her mind or is Esther going to give her sad eyes or something I just wish that there was a joyful pregnancy storyline on Coronation Street for once I just didn't I don't think that they would bring Esther's character and and Mike into this and and give them this proposition it really feels as though they decide that they're not going to go through with it they're not just a two week set of characters no no I I think that they've I'm not particularly interested or invested in in them as as characters yet. They could be the next baddies, I suppose. uh, They're plot points. The next schemers. Yeah, I mean. But yeah. Um. So uh, I just, I just, I just don't need to see a whole load more summer. It just feels like at the beginning of this year, or I guess last year when they were planning it, the Cory storylines were like, who do, who should we make as our up and coming. Corrie Teen, who are we going to give the biggest spotlight to? Let's make it Summer. Because, to be fair, she didn't have a huge role in the hate crime story, did she? No. That was very much Asha and Nina and everybody, and some of it was on the back seat. So, I guess now it's her turn. But And, and then by the time they realised that everybody seemed to not be interested in the new Summer, and I know I'm making huge um, generalisations here, and there are some people that love Summer, more power to you, but before they realise that, it's like, well, we're, we're on our trajectory now. Well, you know... I... Did you think that, um... Did you think that the, the reaction to the three dads was in character? From the three dads? Yeah. Yeah. Practical, Todd, a bit more... Uh, emotional response from Paul... Billy's like... He's in touch with his emotions. He has a unicorn onesie. Not anymore. He gave it away. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not bothered. I'm sorry. I don't really care. I do. We've already um, had a big baby storyline this year, haven't we, with Abby? There needs to be... Just the same way that there needs to be just a, 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 um, a married couple that just stay married. There needs to be just somebody who has a baby because they want a baby and they have a baby and it's great. Because I've heard that happens, but you would never know it from watching Coronation Street. <laughs> I just think that it's sad when you get characters that are this young where they think well, the best, most interesting storyline that can be given to them is get them pregnant. And it seems like it happens so much. Yeah, like, you're right. Didn't, wasn't Faith, no, Faith thought she was pregnant earlier this year, doesn't she? But she wasn't. They need to teach these children about they really contraception, do. never mind consent. Yeah, they, they really, really do. But anyway, I feel that there is an awful lot more to come with this, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it looks... I, I, I'm, I'm reckoning she's going to go for a bit longer with the pregnancy. I, I just wonder whether this could descend into some kind of, like, quite harrowing body horror sort of thing where where someone who already has very difficult issues around her body finds it even less under her control than it ever was and because it can be psychologically incredibly damaging Mm. but i just don't know that i want to watch that on a soap i know i I don't either it it, it does make sense i just really miss the innocent happy days of like you know gail platt was feeding a toddler spoons and you know and uh and deirdre trace chasing tracy around and and falling over her toys it just feels like Laurie's everything's just so miserable about around (laughs) yeah you you either can't get pregnant or you get pregnant by accident you gotta have a drama around it anyway I just wanna see I just wanna see um 
Esther talking about having a baby, get, having uh, Summer's baby and Toya just, just come along going, that's rude. <laughs> you knew I wanted a baby. Well, you offer it to me first. I Go wonder ahead. whether like Esther's going to try and lure Summer to some Bible club or something. Um, and, and I know Summer has, I think, made it clear in the past that she's she's not into that kind of thing. Not into that but, kind of thing? What, God? Yeah, but she's she's in a bit of a vulnerable state and maybe she would maybe, maybe be she can... more easily coerced at the moment. Maybe I don't she's know. in the cult of Nirab. Maybe. Like, oh. We need a baby to sacrifice. <laughs> right, let's move on to the next story, Gemma. Double-crossed. Bernie and Fern. Little bit of fun, this one. A little bit lighter-hearted storyline yeah, at last. Fernie and Bernie. On Monday, Ryan tells Bernie about... Um, he's got he's, he's selling records because um, it could be a bit of a gold mine. So she tells him to come around to number five later because she's got a load of them. And then she tells Gemma... She's not going to that job interview that she mentioned last week because Fern told her that they're a bunch of crooks and they don't pay you. So Ryan comes over and she shows him some of her vinyls and he says, oh, look, look at this. This could be worth something. I'm going to take it to... It's a white label him. promo. Whatever that, that means. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Fern goes to the job interview for the cleaning company instead of Bernie and she pretends to be her. And this was fantastic. That was a great She scene. did such a brilliant job of pretending to be Bernie. I thought it was great because obviously... Um, I don't know. Bernie didn't pretend to be Fern when she went to the... Um, and she went to the driving course. She pretended to be somebody who was posh. Yeah. She, she didn't have to pretend to be um, Fern. She just had to pretend to be somebody who could have been Fern. Mm. Whereas Fern had to impersonate Bernie, part of her evil plan, which we'll get to in a minute. But she did a perfect, brilliant, bang-up job, didn't she? Yeah, and the scene was quite good as well, because they yeah. had um, they had her and this guy from the cleaning agency who I saw somebody online said looked a bit like Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter and I totally agree he did um, and, and the camera's like being a bit shady about who it actually is yeah. isn't it and having her hidden behind bits of scenery and everything and then it's revealed I mean, it clearly was uh, Fern but yeah they, they waited with the reveal Must... and they did something similar with um, Gabrielle in the salon as well yeah, this they did, week didn't yeah. they like oh whose hair is Audrey cutting and then param it's, it's Gabrielle a little bit later. But. Who, pl- who plays Fern? Uh, Gabriel Gleister. Yeah, right, something like that, yes. If only there's a way to find out. I'm going to anyway, find out for you. she did a really good job because she she held her mouth exactly the same way that Bernie does and she did that thing where she kind of squints her bottom eyelids upwards. Like, oh, I thought she was fantastic. Anyway, she goes to this job interview. Um, meanwhile, Bernie's excited because Ryan's told her that the vinyl is worth £600. Meanwhile... Fern turns up at the job to uh, clean a fancy jewellery shop. And it looks pretty obvious that she's going to try and frame Bernie for a theft. Are you finding yeah, that? Yeah, I'm finding it. I'm looking at On Wednesday, side. Bernie fi- receives a Fern call. Yeah, Gabrielle Glaister. There you go. Let me just do a quick Twitter update. We've currently got... 4,462 likes on our tweet. If only that was money. <laughs> so, Bernie gets a fern call. Well done, Michael. A Bacon. fern call. She's panicking. Um, and Who's wants... that on the fern? It's Sinead. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, fern saying, I need to meet up with you. I need to meet up with you. But it's a ruse. The shop man is like, right, I know you've been working here all night. <laughs> this uh, shop was very dirty. Yeah, that was weird. 
I'm going to leave you, new employee, in this unguarded jewellery shop while I go for lunch. Is that all right with you? And she's like, brilliant. It's all part of my plan. So Bernie's at home at the moment. I think Fern told her on her Fern call that you know, I yes, want to come around your you. house. So you meet, stay out. You stay there, I need to you meet you. You stay home, I'm yeah. going to come around yeah. and see you, yeah. Meanwhile, she is robbing the place and on CCTV, but she's got her hood up and she comes out of the back of the place just with a, a bag... Absolutely full of, of wear. I think it looked kind of like she'd hidden some of the bits and bobs somewhere. I wasn't really sure, but well, anyway. She's got everything in a bag. Yeah. Then Bernie comes into the pub and she's like, bloody fun, told me to stay at home and meet up with her. And she never turned up. Dev comes in and schmoozes up to her and she says, oh, I'm going to buy you a drink because I'm going to come into some money tomorrow. So she's been putting it around that she's getting money. Um, and so when the police come people are going to say that she said that she yeah. has she's going to come into money. Bernie and Dev get home. PC Jess, remember her? Craig's PC, mate. Craig's mate. She's there. I don't think she's PC. I think she might be S. I don't, I don't know what that P-S. means. P.S. I'm Jess. I think she's a sergeant. Um, she's like, oh, you're under arrest for the crime of robbing the place. So at the station, Bernie's like, I didn't do nothing. And then they say, here's some CCTV footage of you. And she says, that's fun. I've been framed. <laughs> and then so they the, go, duh, 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 the C- duh, the and then they give C- her £250. <laughs> the CCTV footage, like you said, it had Fern with her hood up, but she's made no attempt to cover her face because well, yeah. she wanted well, this her is face what to be on saying. tape. On Friday, then he's like, oh, for God's sake, it's obviously not, like, it's not me. It, it, it looks a bit like me, yeah, but it's the person who looks like me. And if it was me, I wouldn't just walk around with my face visible. I'd try to hide my face a bit more. Um, Fern is a real person. I didn't just make her up. And Jess is like, oh, hear this story all the time. <laughs> People, you would be forgiven if you were thinking, is is Fern just a figment of Bernie's imagination? Because nobody's seen her, has she? No, I know. It's brilliant. It's actually really brilliant. <laughs> Bernie's like, I don't remember what her name is. I don't know how, I don't know how you find her. And, and then she says, all right, okay, I will admit it. I'm sorry. I lied because I did her driving course first. So I do know I've got her... I've got a copy, I've got her name and I know where she lives and I've got her phone number and I'm sorry that I'm admitting to this crime but I was desperate and I needed money. And Jess is like, no, I don't I don't really believe you but she goes to check the number out and she comes back and she says, out of service, sorry. Yeah, so she tries phoning up but her phone, doesn't she? Um, so Bernie gets released and Gemma's still suspicious of her and so Bernie comes clean to Gemma and Chesney about her speed awareness course and they still don't really believe her about Fern. And then Bernie meets up with Dev in the pub and tells her about what's happened. And she swears that she's telling the truth and he believes her. But but um, And he says, nobody pretends to be Bernie and gets away with it. So she's got him on her side at least. That's now. really nice. Which I'm glad nice. that we didn't have a boring scene of Dev going, hey, I can't know if you run my kids. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I think it's, they're, they're stretching it a bit thin with people not believing that Fern exists. You wouldn't make that up and keep on going with it, would you? I... No. I just... It's all a bit silly, but it's it's entertaining. It's all so massively you can't, silly. Like, who would really leave their new employee in the shop with all the all the stuff? Yeah, overnight. Like, yeah. You... And really, I mean, does Fern... Fern hasn't stolen enough that she can just run away to Panama. Hmm. She's gonna ha- she's gonna stay in her own house. Yeah, and like there's no security guard at this shop. That's what I said earlier. Um, like th- there would be a security guard there. 
Yeah. Um, and I also think well, that, you know, or don't they just need to, to get <laughs> do the fingerprints for the place now and find Well, she it? had gloves on. Did she? And she was cleaning oh. the place. Yeah, okay. So, so she might have so cleaned if, away all of her yeah. fingerprints. So if, if Bernie's fingerprints aren't there, they'll say, well, yeah, you were wearing your rubber gloves or whatever. Okay, fine. Um, I love it. I, I think hope other people are enjoying this. It's silly. It's just silly fun. It's making me warm to Bernie more. Fern's great. Like you said, the impersonation of, uh, of, of Bernie she did was spot on, considering she's only met her a handful of times. Yeah. Got quite a talent there. She does. I, I think this is a, I think this is secretly the um, the Mr. Thorne story again, with a, a rich person taking advantage of a poor person and yeah. uh, still coming out on top. Oh, can I ship Mr. Thorne with Fern? Oh, I think that's what she Fern needs. Fern Thorne. There's a bit of a tongue twister. I, I, she would love that, wouldn't she? She'd love a nice, rich doctor husband. Yeah, yeah. And he'd love a ruthless woman who knows how to wear a silk scarf. <laughs> so, what is what is Fern's game here? Is she just like well, trying she... to get richer? Is she not actually rich? Is she just a massive criminal? I, I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> I just, I thought for some reason I assumed she was bankrupt. But I don't know why I thought that. And also, like, obviously, she hasn't given the impression. I, I'm thinking that. Does she know that nobody believes she exists? Because if I if I thought that somebody thought if I thought that people knew I existed, I wouldn't necessarily do this crime because they'd just say it was me, and then to have all these other people saying, "Yes, she does have a double. She's yeah, been talking about not... her all the time," and I completely believe it. Yeah, but if they can't prove it was either one of them, do they both get away with it? Yeah, very good. Because I think didn't this happen with twins once? I don't know, but yeah. Well, they couldn't prove which one did it, so they both got away with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, this I'm is guessing... Gem, this is Gemma's usual interject, interjection about a true crime story that sounds completely far-fetched than made <laughs> up, and probably is. I, mean, I, I think that maybe Bernie's going to get this guy at the Speed Awareness course to say, remember me? But then I suppose they could say, well, he could just be remembering the, this other person that you say. I, I don't know. I don't know. She'll be fine. I'm not expecting Bernie to be sent down for this one. No, I don't think he's going to go to jury. No, I don't think so. But imagine how fun it would be to be on the jury for this case. <laughs> like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. Um, the other, the other uh, notable happening in this week's uh, in this story this week was we actually got to see all four quads in a scene at once. I didn't could we? not believe my luck. I think this is literally the first time since yep. they were babies that we'd seen all of them. We had little Alid with his hearing aid. How old the... are they? How old are they now? Like two and a half, maybe. Aww. I think. Why can't they were born at the beginning of the pandemic? So yeah. Esther and Mike have one of them. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so anyway, fun stuff. Um, more of it, please. I don't know where it's going, but I'm enjoying the ride. I think um, the quads should. Uh, I think they, we need to get the St Ives story uh, going. St. Ives story. You know, like, I met a man with seven <laughs> wives. Each wife had seven sacks. Yeah. Each sack had seven cats. Each cat had seven kits. Yes. Kits, cats, sacks and wives. How, How many always St. Ives? Yeah. Only one! You've been framed. Um... The... Anyway, get those quads some sacks is all I'm saying. <laughs> Stu've been framed, the, uh, the the less engaging framing storyline, but um, there was only a little bit of it this week. Monday, um, the, he's he's still trying, he's stuck, he's not getting any joy, not getting any answers out of the police, is Stu, and um, Lucy and Bridget are in court today. I couldn't believe how quickly 
they went to court for this? I know. Well, it was a very naughty crime that they apparently did. So what, if you just go, yeah, I've done a crime, they just, you don't, they just take you straight to court? Yeah. Well, it's like the doctors, isn't it? it? If you want an appointment, just go there. You want want to send somebody to prison just get him in that court alia has a, a nice little apology scene with Stu and says oh sorry for i kind of sorry want, for helping i really want alia to stand up for herself and go sorry i don't know what you expect from me i didn't kill anybody <laughs> you lot are all the murderers stop having a go at me it's not my fault your family screwed up <laughs> Stu, to a fair play to him says yeah i understand maybe i overreacted a little bit just a bit time. eliza comes downstairs when am i going home um, uh, <laughs> you tell her, don't you tell her. So she's still in the dark about what's Remember going on. Remember when with her Granddad and grandma. went to prison for twenty-seven years? <laughs> so Alia goes to the cafe where she finds Dee Dee and tells her about these two women in court today and about Stu being all upset about it. And Dee Dee says, "Well, look, this is what we've wanted. This is what we've been fighting for for all these many, many, many weeks." It's my my life's ambition. Two weeks. And uh, when Stu's name is cleared, he'll be able to hold his head up high. So it's all all good, Alia. Don't worry about it. Didi's like, I've already booked us into a true crime podcast. So I hope that you've got your speaking voice ready. <laughs> Don't need a good speaking voice to do a podcast. Don't let anybody do a podcast. Yeah. Meanwhile, Stu's fretting with Yasmin about what he's going to do about Eliza and everything and, 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 the, and, the, and Lucy and, I've got and an Bridget idea. and everything. And... Give, give her to Esther and Mike. Yes, maybe. These people have been searching for kids in all the wrong places. Yeah. There's kids all over the place. Just got to look for them. Maybe, no, says Stu, to you. I should go to the police station and tell them that Bridget's innocent. Oh, and I, actually, I did kill Charlie. She's not, though, is she? And Yasmin says, no, look, Charlie's family deserve to know the truth. Yeah. Whatever the consequences, we can't hide this anymore. She's like, Charlie who? Oh, yeah, I forgot. So later on that episode, Bridget calls Stu from jail. And once more, I have to say, I really, really do love the actress who plays Bridget. Sorry, I didn't get her name again. Um, I, I think she's doing an awesome job at being a, just a lady that is broken and has had this deep, dark secret for all these decades. And I, I think she's doing a, I think she's doing a fab job. Who deserves to be in, pri- in prison more for killing somebody? Bridget or Toya? Uh, definitely Bridget, because I like Toya out of jail. Lucy's been charged with perverting the course of justice. Bridget has been charged with murder. Although, I mean, oh, it's a bit more manslaughtery, mate. Well, no, maybe it wasn't. Did you see I that video I sent you? What? About them all. It was a it was a stupid video on Twitter, and they were sitting around going, "Right, everybody, we need a name for something where you accidentally kill somebody." And they're all like, "Accidental killing? No." Uh. Uh. It, <laughs> And I then, didn't watch that. And then the the final person's like, I know what we should call it. Manslaughter. Like, that's creepy. Why are we going to call it that? <laughs> what do you mean, manslaughter? That's like the worst sounding... That sounds bit, worse than murder. Manslaughter? Manslaughter, yeah. really? We're going with that, are we? All right. Well, it wasn't even a man that was slaughtered in this case. Anyway, it was sexist it? It was woman, as well. Woman slaughter. Anyway, um, so they they were kind of uh, getting a bit of trouble. Really, they can't get on bail. They need to stay until their trial. But that's not very long. 
So she asks him to take care of Eliza while she's in prison, and he's he's oh, not really sure about this. He says, "Please, Dad, I, I need." And then she's cut off mid beg because she runs out of credit well, on her what's prison her, What's phone. his answer going to be? Sorry, I'm busy. I was going to do something else. <laughs> yeah, I've got lots on. Sorry, daughter. Bridget Woodrow is played by Beth. Vice. Thank you very much. So at work later, Stu's panicking about this. He can't look after a young girl. He's 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 an old man. He's a he's a busy chef. He can't do this. He's and not been a father for years. Along comes Toya. <laughs> Toya's sniffing about again. She's gonna come into the show again soon, and she's Is gonna be sad about all the kids an she's missed. Tended child in here somewhere. Do have a baby or don't want anymore? Please give it to me. You can can house Eliza on Coronation Street, can't you? I've got lots of room in my bedroom. She doesn't even have a house. She can go under the bed with the other children. And the report. (laughs) Don't tell anybody I've got the report. uh, (laughs) Stu says, look, I haven't even got my own home. And Yasmin says, it'll be fine. You can stay at number six as long as you want. Don't worry about that. So they go back home. Eliza is still asking how long mum and grandma are going to be and he's stalling for time but with a bit of help for Alia he sets them down um, to help her out with her with her latest hurdle on her phone which is Wordle for songs oh it's really bit, yes there's things for everything now surely you've heard of Hurdle are you joking no no I haven't heard of it oh I have Bridget I think they just like play a tiny snippet of a song and you have to say what the no, song is no that sounds infuriating <laughs> Well, you didn't like I don't like or... any of these things. You don't like anything that challenges you and you like, might get it wrong. I'm going to let my brain slowly liquidise as I get older until I'm like 50 and I've got no short-term memory left. And you love all the Coronation Street storylines. Yeah. That's I you know. want to see Toya again. Bridget, stop being mean about Toya. Bridget finds number mean. six again later. I'm being to... Halloween themed. Oh, okay. She wants to speak to Hocus Eliza. Hocus Pocus is my favourite oh, thing. Right. And that was about child snatchers. Ah. <laughs> Yasmin um, says, Eliza, come and speak to your mum, love. Bridget's clearly massively teary over the phone. She says, oh, I'm going to be away for a long time, but don't worry. Granddad's going to look after you. And Eliza looks nervous when Bridget says that... Um, I'm going to tell you the tell you the truth about what happened. Everything, I'm going to tell you everything. And she tells her and it's all very sad. So, Stu on Wednesday um, is still worried about looking after Eliza. Um, he tells Dee Dee and she says, well, you know what, you, if things go your way, you could uh, be in for a bit of compensation, if you know what I mean. You're and like, he oh, goes, really? I don't want money. And I can't, I think, I think Alia or somebody, I can't remember. So it felt, it felt to me like someone was near him who should have gone, um... <laughs> you could pay me back though. Also, it's speed dial. We haven't been getting any customers recently. Because of that? you. <laughs> because of you. Well, this really annoyed me. Like, number one, you've got a dependent now. Eliza might actually want some money for, you know, school uniform or going to university or the inevitable baby she's going to have when she turns 18 years, and yeah. has an accident or any number of things. You don't have a house. You You rent a bedroom off of a crazy woman who you work with, Mm. you could do with the money, Stu. (laughs) Let's not rule it out. So we find out that Bridget has been uh, sentenced to 15 years for her murder and Lucy 20. Why? 
Lucy wouldn't even know that did the killing. If she I just was Lucy, I'd be up in arms about this. I think this is because Bridget was a child when she did it and everything, and and maybe it, the the jury believed that Lucy was the one that was. Well, um, I also can't believe that like two days later they've gone. Yeah, fifteen I years, know. twenty years. Who it's cares? just like Toya's child. It's like in out. There we go. Guilty. Next. Not guilty. Give her a baby. Take the baby off her. So they get visited by a social worker, and they're told sadly they can't look after Eliza because Stu hasn't been officially exonerated. He, I don't get How the legal system sometimes. can this be true? I guess it's true. I guess it makes sense because the paperwork hasn't gone through. But so according, according to, the to the crown, two people are separately have been convicted and found guilty of the same crime. Yeah. That they can't possibly have both done. I, I kind of get from Coronation Street usually that when we have these yeah. many multi, um, wrongful imprisonment storylines, as soon as somebody says, no, I did it, like yeah. as soon as it was found that John Lindsay was the one that was um, doing the, the credit card and things, yeah. Deirdre gets let out, well, Sally gets let out as soon as we find out that Duncan was a wrong one. We've called this before the head vampire syndrome. Where if you kill the head vampire, all the mini vampires turn back to yeah to human. So th- so according to the head vampire syndrome of Coronation Street, Stu's shackles should have immediately dissolved. Yeah, but but no, and and I don't think we got any particular time frame given about how long it could be that Eliza's away. But anyway, maybe just long enough to give the story a little break, I suppose. Sorry, Eliza it, it didn't appear on Friday. Eliza can't be in it because her she's got to go and do some exams. Mm. There was a, a bit of a sad scene towards the end where Yasmin and Stu have to explain to Eliza about going into foster care, I and she's so like, bad "I just for want him, mum." I know this poor little girl. And Stu gives her a little present, which is like a letter writing kit or something. I don't know, saying you can write to your mum with this. Don't write to Harvey though, because he don't want no letters from kids coming to him. Yeah, make sure you put the right person on the front, whatever. you do social worker comes around again says they've already found a really nice family for you yes um, come with me i want to look after your little girl and eliza's like no i'm happy here i don't want to go but but she goes and that's the end of that no 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 stew and eliza story on friday quick sisters cast the spell and we may suck the life from eliza thank you <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm not reacting. You're not. To you your don't care, do you? Amazing. Well, you um, burnt yourself out turns. at the beginning. I did. I did a little bit. So um, I, I, I think I liked Elijah a little bit more this week. She seemed a little less precocious, and um, those those lovely scenes with her and Stu did did warm my heart Poor a bit. Girl. So I'd, I'd hope that she comes back. Uh, I tell you what, if anyone should be, if if I should apologise to anyone, it should be Eliza because she's totally ruined this girl's life. Yeah, she has a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's she's a little bit um, maybe maybe we we ha- we can't have Elsie anymore, but we've got Eliza. Yeah, She'll have this to also do. felt like uh, a lesson from Coronation Street about anxiety. Beginning of the week, she's like, "But how am I going to look after a girl?" And then at the end of the week, it's like, "Well, you're not, so you don't, have to. don't worry about it." <laughs> mm. I was wondering about um because Jasmine and Stu still aren't officially a couple, are they? officially officially and I no. was wondering when it, there was the potential of Eliza staying whether this would like either would it bring them together or push them apart I think the way things are going is they're eventually going to get together properly aren't they I guess so but so it's nice a little family unit they've I got I don't there. need them to snog each other or anything I think they might do I think it's going to no, happen Gemma and I was wondering whether like Alia would start getting a bit maternal as well maybe she'll around. have an accident maybe or she can get what with Hunky Matt yeah. Maybe. She did go off and stay with him. No, I was wondering whether she was going to get a bit broody and then she was going to... And then it turns out that Hunky Matt doesn't want babies so she's going to go off with Ryan who'd absolutely love another little Connor to 
running around the place. The clan. She goes, Stu, can I have your baby? Right, let's get away from child snatcher. You're a very good child snatcher voice, Gemma. Tell me about our good Canadian friend, Stephen. just jealous because you didn't think of it. Do your child snatching voice. Oh, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, reading the red on Wednesday. Stephen is shocked, shocked I say, to find Audrey is cutting Gabrielle's hair. I was shocked as well because Gabrielle's got like really short hair and I don't think that she needed to trim. She'd just um, like, take off a little millimetre here and there. It's very hard to maintain that short style if you're a woman. She looks fabulous. Great. Right, so she says, I want my money and I'll get out your hair. Get it? It's a joke about hair. Um, haircut's over, Gabrielle leaves, Audrey tells Stephen that um, he thinks, she thinks that Stephen still fancies Gabrielle. And he says, well, we were married for a long time. And Audrey says... Yeah, because Stephen's just giving glances to Gabrielle, isn't <laughs> he? He looks nervous. Audrey, Audrey can't can tell the difference between evil evil death stares and, and goo-goo eyes of love. To be fair, it's it's stood her in good stead most of her life, not going to mm. have to tell the well, difference. Well, she did have bad eyes earlier this year, didn't she, with the she's cataract? Probably coming so she's probably yeah. This person is facing in the direction of someone else. Must they must want to bang. <laughs> so Audrey says, come, come with me and Gabrielle. We're going to have a drink later. And... So uh, he gets a phone call in the pub later. It doesn't look like he's doing very well with whatever scheme he's doing to get more money. And then Audrey comes into the pub. And oh dear, Abby's just coming and she's very wet. To see Stephen um, and says, what are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do about Gabrielle? And he says, it's over between. Mom, it's over between us. <laughs> and she says, oh Stephen, I'm not so sure about that. And he says, um, I'm just happy to be here in Weatherfield with you, Mom. Mom. He does call her Mum, doesn't he? Does, he? he does, yeah. Mum. Mum. <laughs> On Friday, Gabrielle's in the cafe, uh, wowing Audrey and confusing Sam with being about being in a restaurant with Paolo Man- Man- Maldini. I didn't I didn't know who that is, but Shona says that everybody should know that Paolo Maldini is a footballer. Oh, he's a footballer? Yeah, they said it. They I, thought said it, was it an, I thought it was an opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> he's got lovely eyes, apparently, but I've I never heard of him. Okay, all right. No. Um, maybe, he, maybe he plays for Weatherfield County. Maybe. <laughs> Gabrielle's like, you know, I'm in Canada, but I just love... He's inherited James's number nine shirt. I just love Weatherfield County. <laughs> so it turns out Audrey's arranged a secret meeting between Gabrielle and Stephen, and uh, he gets out of it by saying he's got a phone call. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Later on, Jenny tells Stephen that he hasn't heard. she hasn't heard from Leo, and he's like, oh no, shucks. Glenda tells, remarks that Jenny and Stephen look quite pally, and Daisy says, well, guess what happened? And explains the, all the backstory there. Uh, Stephen asks Audrey to stop trying to set him up with Gabrielle. He's like, Mom, if you carry on like this, I'm going to have to murder Gabrielle as well. <laughs> as Leo already looks quite dodgy for her, if you know what I mean. I think she's next. She's totally next. Audrey hears about Leo not contacting Jenny. Yeah. And she says, well, he doesn't seem like the sort of to bear a, ju- a grudge. And Jenny says, yeah, I'm not going to give up. I've been phoning. I've got a, I've got a phone book of everyone in Canada. And I'm just going through it going, hello, you don't know me, but has someone called Leo come around? <laughs> <laughs> um... She's still at the beginning of the alphabet, sadly. Stephen goes around with Mac uh, to see her and tells her that she shouldn't be chasing after Leo and maybe they should open a bottle together as friends and then in burst Teddy. Who's that? 
That is the woman, the man, (laughs) (laughs) the man that Jenny went to school with, who happens to be Leo's dad, who's like, where's my son? He said he was going to Canada and I've looked it up and it's actually quite big. So I'm not not sure what specific part he's gone to. He ain't contacted me. And he's like, oh, I see. I see. You're cozying up with this bloke already. Um, I've not heard anything. I think I'm going to call the police. And seems like, let's not be hasty here. And he says, keep your nose out. Uh, you stupid Canadian man. And that's it. Oh, yes, that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> that was, that was, um, yeah, but not much, really. It was just, it was a couple of episodes worth, but it seemed like it was more of a setup. It was a reminder of things that have happened since, because yeah. it was about a month ago, was it, when Gabrielle told Stephen, you've got a month to pay me? Yeah. And he has not, not only has he not paid her, he's literally done nothing since then, because no. we haven't seen him on screen for a little he's while. He's trying so. to shortchange his way to 20 grand's worth of, or however much he owes Gabrielle, but... Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Glenda's on the case because every time she, she gives her a note, oh, she yeah, like, she takes a, a photo of it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was um, good. Stephen's trying to get closer to Jenny to try to control her behaviour probably a bit and distract her from Leo. Yeah, he's well, he just wants to keep an eye on what she's doing, yeah. really. Yeah, make so sure he, she doesn't uncover you know, anything. Yeah, he, he's better off knowing. Even if she's doing things that he doesn't really want her to do, at least he, at least he knows about it. But yeah, yeah. He, he tried to dissuade her from contacting him today didn't didn't he he's like yeah. oh just just let just let just let him contact you first <laughs> he's the one that left um and yeah so i i think we're gonna have more of this next week because te- set it up, yeah. it, it's basically just set up nobody knows where leo is and people and are starting Gabrielle to get worried. still wants her money and teddy's on the case and steven's still pretty desperate although he's not been doing any bin swinging this week so um, no. we've seen him lose his cool a bit more than this I hope we get to see another outburst from Stephen next week because they're always fun. I tell you what, if he does not murder Gabrielle in a, in, in the next month, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. Yeah, I I know. I, I know what you mean. I, I I don't know whether a month is a bit too soon, but um, I, I don't think her I'd be buying her a Christmas present this year. <laughs> don't, don't even buy it. Probably not worth it. If you're going to buy her something, um, keep the receipt. That's all I'm saying. So, she Tim might, and Aggie. Well, you've missed Canadian Thanksgiving, so... Yeah. Tim and Aggie, platonic or shaggy, come to a kind of conclusion this week. So Sally's in a massive mood with Tim after the re- after the um, revelation. the revelation. Thank you last week that he's been secretly texting Aggie and being her friend. And so she's like, right, you can have this necklace back. Don't want it. Go and give it to your girlfriend if you want. <laughs> she's so mature. And even Tim's like, oh, I don't need to. I gave her another necklace. <laughs> you stupid Oops. <laughs> Sally's absolutely fuming at this news. And she's like, look, we are supposed to be able to talk to each other and trust each other. Not you and some other woman. And he's like, no, 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 we can. It's just different with me. And like, you've got nothing to worry about, Sally, I promise. Back over at number three, Ed's being a lot more understanding about the whole situation. And he's like, well, nobody actually cheated on each other, did they, I suppose? You have told me everything now, haven't you, Aggie? Right? And she's like, well, there is one thing. You know that time when our son James collapsed with his heart problem the other week? Yeah, I was with Tim then. Just talking, by the way. But um, but that's why. And uh, that's what he takes as his... Um, you know, light in the touch paper that makes him go off on one as much as Ed can. And he's like, oh, you let your friendship with Tim come in between you and your family. This changes everything. And I'm like thinking, not really. I mean, 
I don't think that that revelation was enough for him to have completely changed his mind from, well, it's okay, really. Because it's not like she was being super sneaky. It's not like she realised that James was in hospital somewhere and she said, oh, well, oh, well I'm in the middle of the cup of tea with Tim at the moment, actually, so I'll wait until it's finished and then go over to the hospital. I don't know, but I then wanted a he little bit mad. of drama in there. Um, Sally finds Aggie in the cafe later and says, look, we just need to talk through this. This has made me massively insecure, says Sally. Tim likes speaking with you more now, apparently. You fi- he finds it easier. I had a special friendship with yeah. him. I thought that, you know, I was his... Best friend. Soulmate, if you like. And now that's been ruined. Tim, well, just, yeah. So she's, he says, Tim's got his mates. He doesn't need you. Maybe you need to concentrate on your relationship with your husband. I mean, from Sally's point of view, and I, I don't... I can sympathise with her without agreeing with her, just like I do with lots of different characters. Or rather, not saying whether I agree or not or disagree with her, but the fact that she had nothing left with... with nothing physical left with Tim, except for the fact that they were best friends, and then she finds out that she doesn't even have that. Mm. No wonder she feels devastated. I know, and I think that I'd be... I think if I re- if I found out that you'd been having these deep and meaningful and kind of intimate chats <laughs> with some guy, yeah, I think I probably would be on more like Sally. Yeah, I'd be like proper insecure about it and worried about it. Well, don't worry. I wouldn't get mad and shout at you because I, I knew that I friends. wouldn't win. But um, I I don't think I'd like it anyway. Aggie goes to visit Ed at work later and they have this nice kind of reconciliation scene. She says, look, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. You don't need to (laughs) apologise, love. He says, look, it can be difficult to talk sometimes, I know. And she says that she loves talking to him. So they have a nice little sit together and they hold hands and it was very sweet. Aggie kind of at the end of that scene looked a little bit poignant-ish, maybe a bit regretful about how things have gone. Or maybe she just looked kind of satisfied that she'd made it up with her husband. Either way... It was uh, inscrutable. It, it was a little bit, but I, 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 I did enjoy that. And it just reminded me again about how much I, I really do love Aggie, Aggie and Ed, Ed as a couple. And, and I don't want anything to come between them. Because they're not the most exciting, but couples don't need to be. They just need to be normal and genuine and believable. And I absolutely think that they are a believable, yeah, long-term... Do married couple I, I totally really buy them yeah. absolutely very convincing really really are so um, thank you Coronation Street for not splitting them up yeah um, meanwhile though um, Tim and Sally are still not doing great she says look <laughs> you really hurt me Tim and he promises that he'll do whatever he can to make things up to her what that it will be we don't know for that was the end of that storyline this week um, see I've heard people even with everything we've seen between um Tim and Aggie saying that they actually did have an emotional affair. Oh, well, yeah. But I don't see how that can really be true, and unless you're the sort of person who, who genuinely doesn't think that that men and women can ever be friends. It was just. It wasn't an the emotional very affair. Intimate nature of what they were talking about. I know, but and they the kisses on the me, text messages when he wouldn't normally do that. And... To me, an emotional affair is I love you, and I wish I could leave my wife for you. I don't know. To me, that's what that means. But I don't know. But perhaps I'm. I mean, I don't. I've never, I've never had experience. All, all I know is, like I said, if any... I was in Sally's shoes, I think I would probably be feeling the same way. 
But I would also be glad that it came out in the open and, you know, I'm a very forgiving person. And you I are would, very forgiving. And, and I think if you were like, oh, I'm really sorry, I it, it has gone a bit too far and, and everything, then I'd be like, okay, I'm getting, I'm feeling fine. uncomfortable here because I haven't actually done this. You haven't done this, have you? <laughs> All that would, the thing that, now see, you you say that like you, you wouldn't like it because you wouldn't like the idea that I would be, your wife or whoever would be having very personal and intimate discussions and deep meaningful friendship with somebody to yeah, me if I found out that you were having a secret podcast and then Coronation Street chats with another guy like that that would be the tipping point Joa but to me it wouldn't be that it would be the lying and, and the, the hiding things that I could not stand yeah. because I have a thing I cannot stand it if you if you don't tell me something I hate it I know and I consider it the same as lying I have found this out in the past <laughs> But I don't know what it is about me and I wish I could change. I really wish it didn't make me so enraged and upset. But it really, I cannot really, I cannot cope. Mm. I remember when you did jury duty and it it ate me up that you couldn't tell me what you were, (laughs) what you were doing. And like the idea that you had a secret from me, I just, even though it was like, you legally couldn't tell me, actually messed with my head, which is really obviously very bad. Don't keep secrets from Gemma, everybody. She doesn't like it. I'm not keen on it. <laughs> but does that make me controlling? I worry that it does. Like, is that really bad? Ah, uh, you're all right. I, still I don't love know. You. I try. I try not to. Um, I try to examine my, you know, the my feelings about things if if they're really negative because it's not healthy at all. But, uh, I wouldn't mind if you had a friend. Just as long as you told friends. me. What? what? <laughs> I mean, I, I the thing is, I've got my colleagues at work and you work from home, so you literally never I, tell, talk to anyone, do you? No, not really. But I, you know, I say, I said to you before, well, we talked about this not that long ago, mm. and I said, there are lots of things you can't talk to me about. Yeah. I because don't, I don't understand, because I don't work in your... I don't have an Aggie at school, Gemma, don't worry. Well, if you bought, if you secretly bought some dear necklace, I think that would actually really upset me. <laughs> I know, because you also like it when I buy you presents and you no, go, well, I'm not, why does he spend that his money on that? It's not even that, because I would expect you to come to me and be like, oh, I never want to buy someone a necklace, but I don't know what to buy, and I would help you pick it out. <laughs> but if you bought one behind my back, I'd find that so suspect. Yeah, that's it's not really, really within weird. my character, is it? But I kind of, I chalk that up to just Tim being very clueless. Mm. Anyway. Erotic. One more more story, Gemma. Osborne House. Is it me? Yes, it is. Sometimes I feel like this podcast is like like marriage uh, (laughs) counselling. I know. Do we have any marriage counsellors that are listening and they're taking notes? Have we got a file on somebody's shelf somewhere? And they're going to come around our house. Are we being charged by the minute? Because if so, (laughs) this is very expensive now. It's gone over two hours. (laughs) Right, go on then. Daniel and Daisy. We reveal too much sometimes on this podcast. Oh, But I think I like to be honest about stuff, even when it makes me look bad. Because I feel... I think, honestly... Pretending that we're all perfect angels is where, why we've got to the state we've got now where everybody <laughs> knee jerks if anyone does the slightest thing wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like witch hunts and, oh, you said this 10 years ago. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> awful. Let's just accept it and move on. Uh, yeah. Right. We've all got our faults. Osborne House. On Friday, Daniel says to Daisy, why don't you just move in with me? You got one drawer, why not have the whole house? And she doesn't say yes right away. Um, well, I... D- this is when she goes into the bathroom and screams. I, I told you earlier 
The next scene, she explains that she did walk in on Paul, like I said she did. Yeah, 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 I know that. But but, but why? What did that add to the episode? Michael, it's to establish the fact oh, that, yeah, that Daisy knew, oh, yeah. doesn't want to move in with... That makes total sense. Two men and a little baby. I I say it. <laughs> well done. Yes. In the pub, Daisy admits to Jenny that she doesn't really like the idea of moving in there because Sinead used to live there and it's also Sinead's flat and Sinead's baby and Sinead's ex husband why didn't they actually just show what she saw then is it because they haven't got a bathroom i don't want to see paul in it all together okay jenny says don't forget he's got his house what his mum left him she's like that's what initially what attracted me to mr osborne i haven't forgotten daisy you shallow bitch (laughs) (laughs) daniel comes into the pub later and he's moaning about the fact he's had all these interviews and he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and he gave up a very promising career that he's probably got into quite a lot of debt to train for and now he's got nothing to show for it because he pushed max down the stairs even though it was quite fun at the time and um, he's like, oh, and I've got to kick my tenants out as well. And Daisy's like, kick your tenants out, eh? So in the flat later, Daniel's like, oh, I better phone the estate agent so I can get new tenants for the house. And she says, oh, don't be so hasty. And she kind of hints that they could, uh, it could be a new chapter for both of them. Yes. And he's oblivious because he goes, oh, that reminds me, Bertie drew a picture of you moving into this house. I'm going to put it up somewhere. And she's like, <laughs> oh my God, this boy is dense. Dude looks again, yet yet again, Charlie Jordan, some brilliant expressions throughout this week. Highly I camp. love her. Absolutely. I, uh, yet, yet again, I just can't believe how much of a turnaround I've had on it. Every time that Daisy's in a scene, it's like, oh, I hope she's got some great lines and she never fails to deliver. She's fantastic. So um, I, th- this seems like it's the beginning of a new Daniel and Daisy story and I am well up for this love Daisy don't mind Daniel I know I used to like Daniel a lot more so so I'm perfectly happy for him to be strung along with this as well um, they're not going to go and move into Denise's house are they? they don't they don't have a set for it they, they? no I mean so and, and they wouldn't have them live that far away from the street I mean Audrey obviously is famously Grasmere Drive so it's not out of the question for characters to move away from the street but I don't think it's going to happen but where could Daniel and Daisy move to? Because I think they've honestly, out of all of the younger couples on Coronation Street at the moment, they've got the most potential to be like long-term. decent long-term family material. But there aren't any expect. there aren't any houses going spare at the moment, are there? Who's moving into uh, Toya's flat? We don't know. We haven't been told that. Yeah, but they—I mean—they don't need to. They, I don't, Daisy doesn't want to move to another flat. That's the point. Yes, she, she does. She wants an upgrade. I think she uh, wants a house. Well, she might. She might well want a house, but she—you know—a a, a bigger flat would be better than where he lives now. Mate, oh, I don't know. I think she'd settle for just not living with Paul. Yeah, I think she a lot just of encourage Paul to. Yeah, that's very true. Um, no, I don't think there's any houses going spare anytime soon. And but although who knows what's going on with number one at the moment because that scaffolding is still there. Still there. And and from recent set photos from the uh, Coronation Street tour, it is still there right now. A month. Something's so. gone wrong with that story, hasn't it? I don't know. Well, I think I know. Right. Um, okay, that's it for this week's Coronation Street. I found it 
much more entertaining than last week's, I have to say. It wasn't like top draw amazing or anything, but compared to the, the bore fest that was last week, I thought it was pretty solid. It really, it re They really fumbled a bit today when they kept giving us pause for thought about refugees as though yeah, nobody in this country ever. had ever considered the idea that yeah. Being a refugee is something that could happen. It was odd. I mean, considering that Summer probably did have the major storyline, I know we put her second in our list, but that was because I wanted to talk about Harvey coming back. But considering that she was the A story, it was still pretty decent, I would say. I just feel so bad for ragging on Summer all the time, but, I, I, you know, I try my best to find something. Mm. <sighs> I think that the, um, the Fern and Bernie storyline was great. Stu was kind of sweet in some ways. Love the Steven storyline. Aggie and Tim, fine. Um, Sam and Audrey had those wonderful scenes earlier this week as well. And like I said, love Daniel and Daisy. So um, I think I'm going to give this one... I don't know if you got a score in mind with all um, of that. I'm going to give it three and a half celery-laden yeah. hot pots. <laughs> three and a half sticks of celery in Betty's hot pot, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I My hot pot recipe does not well. include celery, just to say I agree. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it should be anywhere near a hot pot. I'm... Or carrots, <laughs> controversially. I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it three and a half... Um, I'm going to give it three and a half <laughs> nice moo-moos. Out of uh, oh, out a lovely of nice moo. I need a moo moo. Yeah, what? I want a Homer Simpson moo moo. <laughs> no, no, I don't hear moo. Ever hear moo moo? I just think of Homer Simpson. So I don't <laughs> think too. we really had that word in this country before. Well, no, right. Um, character of the week. Um, Summer's unborn baby. No, or not not even bigger than a pea, and already more fascinating <laughs> than his mother. Um, I mean, Audrey is is uh, is a is a strong contender this week, just for the few scenes that she had. Daisy possibly as well. Um, Jenny's always good for. Daisy was fun. Yeah, I said Daisy. Um, uh, I don't know. Stephen Reed, Stu, Eliza, the, the, uh, Esther. No, stop telling me characters that it's clearly not going to be. I really um, have no clue. I, I can't... It was... And it was very much an ensemble week. It really was an ensemble this week, wasn't it? I don't know whether there's any major, major stands out. Some of my favourite characters. From the odd scene. But they were very, very minor, as yeah. you say. I think I, I think I am going to go Audrey this week, just because that stuff oh, with Sam was said, so lovely. When she turned to Sam and she said, "I love you," I did, that really, really just touched my yeah. heart. I, I mean, love her. So she much. she didn't do a great job in convincing him not to write to his mother as murderer anymore, but she tried her best, and uh, and that's what as, as, the, as the grand matriarch of the of the She's family trying to should get be. Stephen that's, that's and Gabrielle job. back together as well, which is going to be hilarious when he murders her and she feels bad. Yes, I'm going to go for Audrey for character. Me too. Oh, nice one, Audrey. Right, double Audrey, double three and a half. Um, let's. What did you think, everybody? What, what did you think? Let's move on to the next part of the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the cabin. Would you like some sweets? No, we've got news instead. Number one, Inside Soap <laughs> There's Awards. Not much news you can always this tell week. when I'm in charge of the news because I it's tell you. Quick and slick. Inside Soap Awards nominees. Or winners. Winners. You don't even know what's going on. I don't need to know what's going on. I just need to read what's in front of me, like Trevor McDonald. Best family. The Palats one. 
Best comedic performance was Maureen Lipman. She plays Evelyn. Best young performer is Isabella Flanagan. She plays Hope. Congratulations to all those three winners. I think those are great. I love the fact the Platts won. Love the fact Maureen won. Love, love Hope. Great. Oh, I forgot to do a fashion fashion for the fashion awards show. We did have a long fashion segment last week. Nobody complained about it, but well, I'm sure everybody wore lovely went. things. I hear some great people went along to the Inside Safe Awards as well. I'll never know um, what they were wearing. I think... Look, don't get sent pictures. I think... um. It was. It seemed that Curry didn't do so well this year in the Inside Soap Awards. I think. Um, I think it was Emmerdale. No, EastEnders. I think was voted best soap of all time. Well, that's and the, wrong. They also best had that soap of all time. Of at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, I was confused because they had that um, best soap icon ever or whatever they called it category, and that was another EastEnders character's Stacy. I don't know who this Stacey! is. Stacy. She got it. Um, and, it, and then, and yeah, lots of other soaps won lots of other awards. Well, um, but I mean, it's, care about that. it's interesting that Corrie did win the Best Family Award because we talked before about there being so hand. few family units on Coronation then? Street. Um, what but do the you plats. Mean? Well, no, we were just saying that. No, we weren't. We have said that. There's, we've said that in the past. There aren't very strong marriages. No. But there are loads of very strong families. Mm. What are you. Anyway, plats are great, and um, so um, Paddy Beaver, I think, picked that one up on their behalf. So oh, he's so, just so he's accustomed to picking a, up awards exactly. now. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's an award, oh, just give it to me. Yes, yeah. it must be for me. Um, <laughs> and, and Isabella Flanagan's great, Maureen Lipman, we, you know, we love her, but um, it did really feel like Corrie got the, I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of the small awards, aren't they? It was none of the, Rude. you know, the best actress, best actor, Rude. best storyline, best soap, that Listen. all went to everyone else, but... Coronation Street has not been at its A game in 2022 and some people I've seen saying is this going to make Coronation Street notice and try harder I don't think that it kind of works like that because I think they're always trying hard and that's the thing when people say oh Coronation Street's just not you know not giving its A game or whatever I, I, we've been, we know how hard everybody at Coronation Street works. The actors, the storyliners, the writers, everybody does. But it's just sometimes it doesn't hit, does it? And sometimes it's, it's still just, you know, people don't enjoy it. So I hope that Coronation Street continue to do as well uh, or try as hard as they have always been trying and whatever it is that they're coming up with for 2023 is a little bit more inspiring. I would, I, I would just say, I don't know if it was an experiment or an accident or we, we haven't got it probably, but it just feels like there was no big story for Corey this year. And whether that was by, by design or accident, I'm not sure. But if it was an experiment, then it didn't work. So next year, pick one big story. Yeah, I, I suppose so. That, yeah, that's true. But of true. course, I the thing is, th- there's a risk of picking one big story and it doesn't catch imagination. But what honestly, if the one big story is Summer's pregnancy? Boo. <laughs> the, what, the thing is, I don't think they've ever really managed to mess it up that badly, have they? No, usually when they go for a big story, everyone's, you know, all, all for it. I don't it. think that they've... had they've... some great ones. Ian McLeod's been behind some, some yep. very successful big stories. Well, congratulations, everybody. Apparently it's not good enough for Michael, but I thought it was good. And this is my this is what I say. Don't give other soaps any nominees in the categories. And then 
That way, Coronation Street will win. Just like Coronation Street wins all of the categories in the Conversation Street Awards. (laughs) And there was another big bit of news that came out this week, wasn't there? But we're going to save that for Cabin Extra. So watch out for that after the feedback later. Apart from that, I think it's just kind of dancing on ice stuff. And I don't think we did dancing on ice news last week. But I'm so sorry if Rebecca sent us a thing and we didn't read it out. It was quite possible. Um, But yeah, Will, he might be winging his way back to Coronation Street sooner than we thought because he came second from bottom last week. Um, Apparently everyone was sick. Will Meller. Very sick. Yeah, he's been unwell. And and Kim as well, uh, joint fifth. I I don't know how many people that's out of. But she got 32. Five. That's quite good. Um, I guess it's out of 40. So she should be okay for the time being. So um, Coronation Street people still going strong. In, um, I've written DOI here. It's not actually dancing on ice, is it? It's Strictly. They're all strictly the same come down. for me. They're all just... Okay. No but, comment. Oh, but we also did... Sorry, I know. I just want to... Let me talk. Um, Coronation Street... Uh, we Not Coronation Street. We said last week that maybe Sue Cleaver is going to be on I'm a Celebrity, didn't we? And when is that going to be on? I've got no idea. But we've got the adverts now, haven't we? About the debt jumping out of planes. It's coming this November, so it's not going to be too long before that one gets confirmed or denied. Um, that is it for the news, Gemma. Anything to add? Oh, yes. And I can't believe that we forgot, almost forgot, what? to include this. But guess what, everybody? What? Our lovely... George Brown. Oh, <laughs> I forgot this news. He played Henry, Henry Newton. Newton. He's going to be on the show. Can a I just big say, Coronation Street, if you ever want to give Michael a part on, on the show, that was him acting, pretending to be, to be surprised. That How dare you? Yeah, but I just want to show off how good you are at acting, because I was com- almost convinced that you... Oh, my gosh. You're really good at acting. No, I'm not. If this was an audio play, it'd be brilliant. Right, so... No, um, I... No, I... I, I sorry. We did just do a little re-record. We just of quickly, um, sorry, I did sorry to to spoil the magic, but the mousetrap. Okay, everybody, seventieth anniversary performance in the West End, classic Agatha Christie, um, who done it, um, is going to be starring George Banks and some other people. He is going to be allowed in it as well. Um, they're going to start on the twenty first of November. They're running well into next year. So This is a long gig. There's lots got. of... Okay, so you've got... I'm going to say some people's names wrong, wrong because I don't know who they are. Sarah Lesaw, who's in The Tempest. George Banks, who's in Coronation Street. He's Giles Ralston. I don't know who that is. Jonathan Tynan Moss, who was in Doctor Who Time Fracture. Um, Sarah Whitlock. Oh, we're going to be waving off Jodie Whittaker on Sunday night. Bye, 13th Doctor. Don't come back. Rude, rude, misogynist and rude. Shut up. I, <laughs> I know, I'm just teasing you. I'm saying it so that other people don't. Sarah Whitlock, he was in other mousetrap performances. Um, Philip Childs, Long Day's Journey Into Night. Phoebe Sparrow from Downton Abbey. Rob Pomfret from The Responder and etc. So, so the Mousetrap then. So this is a play that's um, celebrating its seventieth year this year. This is the longest running play in the West End, hasn't it? And it has been running for seventy years non-stop at yeah. the same theatre in London. I am so excited. I've always I've wanted always been to really see intrigued by this because, like, when you go to the Ivy, it's like round the corner from this theatre, and every time I see the big sign, I'm like, Oh yes, we go to the Ivy all the time. 
<laughs> I know. I've seen this. Sorry. I'm, no, I, 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 it's a mystery, isn't it? It's a murder mystery. I'm sure I won't follow the plot. I won't get what's going on at all. But we have to go and see this if George is in it. I'm just really, really chuffed for him that it he's is, got this massive job. <clears throat> right. It is by far the longest running play of run of any play in the world, and it's and it in on the 18th of September. It. Uh, 2018 it had its 27,500 performance what? how has it had so many performances and I don't is... know anyone that knows anything about it and I've just heard a sho- read a shocking thing what attendees often get their photo taken beside the wooden counter showing account of the number of performances well I'm not going then you don't have to don't worry um so, so are people are told don't spoil the secret of what this is about or am I just confusing it with yeah, Harry no, Potter I and think, the Cursed Child? No, I think they say like, don't tell anybody or we'll kill you. Yeah, so um, definitely at some point in the next six months we're going to have to see our pal George in that. We heartily recommend Please that do. if you remember and like George Banks on Coronation Street as Henry, Support him. you go and see him as well. Because Should I be think that, good play. that play probably needs a bit of help to keep going. <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah, it's just about to stop. Um, speaking of going to see people, I want to know, has any of our listeners been to see um, Mikey North and um, Millie Gibson yeah, come on, guys. on their Canadian tour? Because I've been following Millie on her Instagram and she's been showing videos and everything and they went to go and see an ice hockey game, I think, last Saturday night. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I haven't heard a whole lot about what they talk about in the stage show. So please, if, if anyone's been listening and, and, and wants to share their story, back. tell me, please. I want to know. And Was it as good go, as my interview with her? If you go and you get, yeah. If you go and you get to meet them, um, lean in for a hug and whisper in their ear, Conversation Street sends their regards. But don't, <laughs> don't like stab anybody. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's over now. I think she's oh. done all her tours. Well, you can't say hello from us then. No, no. Um, she did a, um, she did a Coronation Street star tour the other week as well. Yeah. Oh, and oh, it's all coming out now. The Halloween star tours on Coronation Street actually don't start until this weekend. And um, weirdly, Coronation Street tour, who usually don't like to advertise in advance who is doing the gigs, <laughs> have been have been making it very obvious um, this week who their first guest this week is because they've been giving clues about the character and um, basically it's going to be Jack P. Shepard there this Saturday, isn't it? So um, I don't know if there's anyone listening again who's going to it this Saturday or uh, I suppose it's too late if you hadn't booked it, but it's going to be him. That's pretty good. What are the clues? Like his name rhymes with Ravid Rat. (laughs) Ravid Rat. (laughs) Ricky Rouse and Ronald Muck. Simpsons. (laughs) His, he's got a waxy complexion. <laughs> That's another bit of news. We've seen the foot... Sorry, this is extra bonus news. We haven't written any of this down. This is how this Trevor McDonald should do the news. My sister like, met... Guess what? Guess what? My sister met Trevor McDonald in an alley in London yesterday. What were they the both doing? I don't then? know. But he said that it was a very news-heavy day. He saw and her and he did, went... She got a selfie with him. Anyway... He saw her and she, he said to her... I will tell no one of this if you tell no one. But she sent us a picture, so... Yeah. Whatever Spoil he was up that, to. Jane. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the, the full waxwork model of David Platt has wax now been model. unveiled for Blackpool Madame Two Swords. And we were kind of ragging on it a bit recently, I wasn't ragging we? on it. I wasn't yeah. ragging on his... I, I said very nice things. I just... Like, it seems to me like it makes unnecessarily difficult way of doing things in a way that you know like it would be the same as if they said we sculpt them out of butter i would say the same thing why 
Well, they, they've. I think it looks quite good. The the work in progress one that we saw, which had weirdly sculpted hair. Yeah, where, it did. Now they're putting a wig on it. Um, I, I didn't think, I think it looked it a whole great. lot like him, but now they've coloured him in and not gone over the lines or anything. No, I think it job. looks quite good. Not going to be enough to tempt me up to Blackpool because it's quite a drive, but um, I don't know. Good I job. thought good it's job. great. It's a great honour. He deserves it. Yeah. Um, uh, an in, a British institution, the, the wax works for some reason. I bet Sue Nichols is like saying it should have been me. I bet she's like, <laughs> I've been on the show for over 40 years, damn it. Yeah, so yeah, go and see it. Yes. And that is definitely it for the news. I'm not even acting or anything. Feedback. Let's go to feedback. Feedback time. We've got lots of feedback this week, Gem. We've got tons, lots of emails. Thank you very much, everybody. And some new iTunes reviews as well. Ooh. Very exciting. And also an email that I forgot to read out last week, but I shall read it out this week. Um, so, uh, Facebook score first. 3.24 was the average score for last week's Coronation Street on our Facebook group. They liked it a lot more than we did, it looks like. Including Jonathan, who gave it four texts that were neither vaguely filthy or sexual out of five. Fiona gave it three hallucinations of Gabby Roslin out of five. And my pick of the week this week was Richard, who gave it four annual leave requests that were well within the four-week window <laughs> out of five. Thank you very much, everybody, for voting. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it more than we did. So, Gemma, we've got these two new iTunes reviews. It's been a little Yay! while. Five stars, as it should be. Thank you very much. Yeah. If you're listening and you haven't reviewed us on iTunes and you would like to, please get over and there. Like us. Give us that five stars. When we went to buy our sofa today, the lady who sold it to us had to really carefully explain the rating system. I've done it. Don't worry. She had to explain to us. We have to rate her out of 10, but we can't give her eight because eight is bad. So we had to give her nine or 10 or otherwise it would make the whole shop look terrible. You wait till you get a zero star review. Yeah. Or one star review because you're either too sanctimonious or not sanctimonious enough in the same week. This isn't about that, Gemma. Let's read these positive emails. I'm going to read this one from M1415. He says, Great show, informative and entertaining. I love this show. It's really easy to listen to. Very informative and well-researched. And the amount of time Michael and Gemma put into it is amazing. I enjoy the reviews and opinions about the week's episodes. And I also enjoy an update on Michael and Gemma's week and life. <laughs> Thank you for that. And not forgetting Abby. Only one very slight downside is they often talk about the characters using their real name, not their Cory name. And I don't have a clue who they're talking about. Sorry. Apart from that, I love it. Keep it the good work and please tell us the character names as well. We try, I've tried. I've We've tried to I, We've tried to this week having read this. I didn't even think that we did that very much, do I, we? I know we do. I know we do. I think I, I know it's bad. I just kind of assume that everybody knows but why should they? Because it there's so many other TV term, shows that we watch that we learn. don't really know who the actors were. And it, yeah, it did. It took us I'm a very sorry, long it's time. annoying. Very, um, very sorry. We'll try our best. Um, we will continue to get better at doing but we don't want to go overboard as well because then there'll be the people that say yes I know who William Roach plays thank you you don't need to tell us that one well but anyway thank you that was that was nicely worded constructive criticism if you want to be like that thank you very much Uh, do you want to do the next one if you do have a criticism it's you can just email us (laughs) don't have to you don't have to Use the one star review on iTunes. Um, that was fine. Stories. That was really nice. Thank you for that that thing. It's just the people that you know decide to slag us off. Although you know, keep, actually, keep it yourself. I don't care. Right, Laura Ainsley 09 said it's the best thing since sliced bread, and this sent me down a rabbit hole because I was like, what? When did that? What? What does that? I know that that's a thing, but when did that begin? And I looked it up, and it um it was so we're the best thing since 1923. Oh, good, nearly a hundred years. 
the best mix between humour, fact and interesting conversation. That's us, that's us. That's our name. This podcast has had me hooked and laughing along since the first time I listened. If you love Coronation Street, even just getting into it, definitely give Conversation Street a listen. Red heart. Very nice, thank you. That's weird that we've got two in a week, because it can be like months between our iTunes reviews, so ta very much, you two. Thank you, I really appreciate everybody that takes the time, it really does mean a lot to us, um, it actually does um, make us feel very happy to get nice reviews. Cause, very happy. Um, and, and Michael definitely. We see them on I the I deserve the zero ones, no, but give Michael the five stars, because I wish he you does. I don't, us. why? You always say that. Why? You're just as important to this podcast. I'm not going to discuss it with you. Chris has sent Gemma an email. Gemma has said that she's going to help out with next week's bonus podcast. I'm not going to now. out there now. <laughs> no, I'm excited about this, everybody. You're going to love it. Chris said, thank you for uploading the James Bailey character profile last week. Congratulations upon somehow managing to keep us entertained for an hour with a biography of a man upon whom the writers bestowed very little in the way of a personality. You hit the nail on the head where you talked about him being pretty much a walking issue storyline. It's not just James though, to be fair, I feel that all the Bailey family members would have been better served as characters thus far if they had been given more storylines that centred about them simply as people rather than so often specifically as black people. By far the best storyline any Bailey has had was the absolutely jaw-dropping revelation to Michael and us about the real parentage of little Tiana. That had been a real slow burner of a tale built up over months and months and it could have featured almost any male character on the show but it was was Michael's moment and nobody could have pulled it off better than Ryan Russell. A good story is a good story and when the timing, script and performances are that good you can't help but feel invested in it and want to know what's going to happen next. Oh, this is great. Um, if the producers wanted the, sto- the street's new family to interact and integrate naturally with the existing residents and become as much a part of the cast of characters than any other newcomers would do I'm not sure it was a good idea. As soon as they arrived instantly and repeatedly seemed to want to focus upon why they're different from everyone else. To my mind scriptwriters took what might be considered a succession of obvious easy options Grace getting hauled into Freshco's office as a suspected shoplifter Michael being stopped in the street and profiled as a criminal Ed experiencing racism at work and of course the fallout from James test driving a Ferrari at 3pm and the substance no, 3 the, miles an hour 3pm you can't drive a Ferrari at 3pm you maniac um, t- James test driving a Ferrari at 3 miles per hour and the subsequent altercation within the law These may well have all been realistic portrayals of events that those involved may have experienced, but I feel the characters and the actors deserve so much more. With a creative, imaginative approach, DD, so far pretty much a blank canvas, can be whatever the writers wanted to be, so there's potential there. I'd like to see the return of Michael's entrepreneurial spirit. I want to know more about how Ed gambled away the family home. Uncle Ronnie's past is sufficiently vague and shady that he could become anything the writers decide to turn him into. And why is Aggie so crap? at cooking <laughs> so, I don't think there's anything more to know about the Ed gambling away the family home it feels to this. me like that story is done don't get me wrong I'm not against all issues to lines, but if there's pretty much all you give characters and actors to get their teeth into you get James Bailey mm. well thank you Chris I really enjoyed that um, our, I enjoyed recording it you know our character profile, hour if it wasn't fun to do our character profile wasn't just about it was only just about James it wasn't about the Bailey family but I think you've hit the nail on the head quite a lot um, with some of the issues, definitely, that lots of people have said uh, made them put them off the Baileys. Mm, yeah. And you're right, too. Um, I really, really appreciated you shouting out Ryan Russell, because I think that um, the actors, the, the Bailey actors, I, I just, I think they're all great. I think, I think they're, they're just fine. I, and I, I really, really like, 
I really like them all. Now James is gone. Sorry, James. Um, and I'm excited. Yeah. We're not mega fan of Ronnie Bailey, to be fair, are we? I think that. Um, I don't. I think I, I think like that him Debbie more. Debbie could do better. I like him more now. He's with Debbie. I do. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you. What I, I think, think I do as well, but it doesn't mean. Doesn't mean you like him. No. It doesn't matter. That's yeah. my opinion. Thank it's your you, opinion. Chris. Chris. This was good because it was feedback on. The podcast, and not just feedback on Coronation Street, and it is people have listened to us and say what they think. Thank you very much. We don't very I, often actually get a feedback about um, about bonus episodes. No, no, we don't. So thank you very much. And it's funny that it was James Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, Jake. Now this is Go the person I've got to say sorry for because this J- Jake sent this to us about a week and a half ago. I think it was like Monday, two Mondays ago, and then it, I. For whatever reason, I forgot it. I lost it in the mocks. I whatever it didn't appear on last week's podcast, and then then he wrote uh, right. on the Facebook. I slapped group. him around, Jake. And now he's going to read out yes. your email. Well, it's too late now because he's here's his mega theory. I'm convinced that Charlie's killer, killer is Bridget, which is right, and he did send this to us before the we reveal. Can I'm sorry, it was Jake really good. Knew all along. Jake says because all the clues are pointing to Lucy, but I feel that Lucy is just protecting her. It's definitely not Lennox because that wouldn't have any ramifications to Stu. I think the betrayal is going to hit hard. Whether he can forgive will be at the heart of the storyline. Well observed, Jake. Very good. Now, what Jake also had to say about um, recent Coronation Street was that he's enjoyed the summer Aaron and the Brownies. The line about the fair trade chocolate was hilarious, as was the Bishop. Continuing on from your discussion about cannabis, I live in County Durham, which is the one area in England where cannabis has been decriminalised since 2015. Is this true? I thought that's what I thought when I read it. Is that really (laughs) right? There's a little bit in England where cannabis has been decriminalised. Gemma's tapping away on her phone that now, uh, Jacob. You're not telling Porky. We're going to come and visit you. <laughs> I don't want any cannabis, thank you very much. Anyway, he says people are free to grow it and use it for recreational use and it does take away the problem of the depths people go in order to obtain it. I'm not saying I absolutely support it, though, because I don't know enough about it. Um, still looking, I James. can't spell marijuana, but I can smell He cannabis. says, thank goodness. I can spell cannabis. I can smell marijuana. <laughs> thank goodness that James has gone. As someone who knows about football, it was completely unrealistic. I'm someone who doesn't know about football and I still found it unrealistic, so it must have been bad. But anyway, he says, um, I won't make my t- waste my time on that because he's gone. Did you waste your time on the character profile though, Jake? I recommend do it because it was fun. Glenda is a breath of fresh air and I loved the jig tick. Great to see a packed rovers again. And glad we have a new villain too. Not Stephen Reed, but evil Ken Barlow. How could he? I've no problem with him moving, but Wendy Flaming Crozier holding hands in front of Deirdre's picture. I haven't seen anything as sordid as that since Kevin Affair with Natalie. It's as if the writers got round the table and thought, what's the most disrespectful storyline we could come up with to trample on Deirdre's memory? Ah, Ken and Wendy. I'm Team Mary and Tracy on this one. I'm ready to flow, throw some flowers. God, he's cross, cross about that. Um, oh, I don't know why I'm not so cross about Ken and, Di- and Wendy. I think it's like I said before, she just seems like a nice old lady, really. And yes, it's kind of a bit weird because of everything that happened in the past and maybe a little bit disrespectful for Deirdre, but I'd like to think that Deirdre's smiling down upon him. And Blanche is tutted away, probably, but... Well, it's been... There's a lot of water under the bridge, you know? Mm, yeah. Did you? What did you find about County Durham, Gemma? Well, not that I would ever accuse any of our lovely um, 
listeners. Of not telling the truth. But yeah, it's right. Decriminalise. Not the, quite the same thing as legalised, but that's exactly what he said. How it just weird. means that you're not going to get arrested. So why? Why? For... Why there and not everywhere else? I think that they can just decide... I mean, I don't want to get too... Is it just too... rampant in County Durham? I don't want to get too political here, but I think that some might say that in parts of London they've decriminalised stealing things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows? It just means fact. that the police have said we're not going to focus on arresting people for having a bag of weed. Mm. We're going to arrest people for other things. Okay, well. It's just, you know, it just it doesn't mean it's legal. It just means that they don't care. Yeah. They don't care about most crimes as far as I can Plenty tell. Plenty of other crimes in County Durham to get on with. <laughs> yeah. Right, next up. Thank you for that, Richard. Jake. We had no oh. idea about that. That was really interesting. That was. That was very interesting. Glad to see that we're mostly on the same lines with the other stories as well, Jake, if not all of them. Well, again, you know, I will say again, if we ever have a different opinion to you, please write in. Let us know. Likely. Um, you know, the fact that you don't like <laughs> you don't like this Wendy and and Ken, you think it's disrespectful to, uh, to Deirdre. Interesting. Um, I wonder how many other people feel the same way as you. Probably um, quite a few. Uh, sorry, sorry, I'm not judgmental like you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else liked my analogy that they're the the Coronation Streets, Camilla and Charles? Hmm? 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 Because honestly, if anyone was going to be on the stamps for Coronation Street, it would be Ken. It would. Right. Richard wrote in said, after a slow start to this week's episodes, I've enjoyed them overall. I'm sending this prior to the Friday's episodes though, so hopefully I'll start to feel the same at 9 p.m. I've been critical recently of the programme running several different storylines concurrently. However, I don't like them being wrapped up within a logical outcome either. The sentences handed over to Bridget and Lucy seem to have just been referenced in passing. I have no idea how long it takes in situations like this for the cases to come to court, but I'd expected it to be a lot longer than 24 hours. It was weird that they didn't show any of the court scene and it was just kind of offhandedly mentioned. Because it I think when they, when right. Stu said it, I said, Gemma, did they just say that? Had they said that before? We were supposed to know that. I'd forgotten. You were like, I don't think they'd said that before. Yeah, it, it did feel of, like a blink and you miss it. Yeah, it didn't feel like a, a grand announcement Which is why what I we've been think looking for, the culmination of this story. I think there's more to I it. I think you might be right. But how? I don't see how it's going to come up now. Can you imagine the police, like the judge, like oh, you again, you two again? It's Alia. This crime. Keep... Alia's gonna do it. She just can't help but meddle. A couple of weeks are gonna go by after the story's had a break, and she's like, you know what? I really want to look through those case files again because no. I might find something. The policeman's like, we've decriminalised it. It's fine. <laughs> we've decriminalised murder in Weatherfield because we just can't keep Pottery up with based it. Pottery-based murder. <laughs> Coronation Street's success, as Richard, is largely due to how it depicts family relationships. I enjoy it when cross-generational ones are shown and Audrey's interactions with her great-grandson, Sam, on Wednesday were beautiful. There's also a line of comic gold from Audrey when she was reminiscing to Sam about joining her father in his astrology hobby when she was a child. Yes, you are a very old character, Audrey, certainly in comparison to Sam. And I'm no scientist, but I'm pretty certain that the stars and planets haven't changed that much, even after all these years. I know I'm paraphrasing this, but her line was something like that. Can I just tell you, actually, Richard, that uh, they've got rid of some of the planets since you did. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Neenan character that profile. sounds like they've had Darth Vader blowing him up with his ray gun. I haven't seen Star Wars. What does he use? <laughs> no, ray gun's right. He goes... <laughs> has he got a special thing that he uses for his The planet? Death Star. The Death Star. You might be star. thinking of the Death that, Star. Yes, thank you. Dun, dun, dun. Got my finger on the pulse of pop culture. 
That's what a ray gun sounds like. Thanks. Uh, the Kelly Nealon character profile was excellent. I've forgotten how badly Kelly treated the Alahan family of the Asher video incident and the expense Dev incurred for keeping it offline. Can you give us some more feedback about See, our bonus podcast? Dev, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> uh, finally, I was fortunate to receive one of the Coronation Street puzzle books in the post last week by virtue of having taken part in the cast versus fans Coronation Conversation Street anniversary quiz in August. Thank you for this, and it was lovely to receive it, but, and I hope this doesn't sound ungrateful, I would like you to offer mine as a prize to a podcast listener who didn't get the chance to take part in the quiz. Did you read this before? I had not actually read this. This is brand new information. I just copied and pasted. I thoroughly enjoyed the experience of the quiz, but I'm lucky to have hundreds of books and I'm lucky not to have a lot of time to read them. I'd far rather mine go to someone who is able to make good use of it than to gather dust on my... (laughs) Gather ducks on my (laughs) (laughs) bookshelf. That's really funny. So, okay, we've got a a competition. We have. We'll do something with that next week. Why can't we just do it now? Can't we just say, do you want to win... The official Coronation Street puzzle book is kindly donated by our lovely listener, Richard. If you do, please email us with the header, Cory Quiz, and answer the question. Gemma is opening the puzzle book now. Um, Bit of a spoiler here for the, any potential puzzle book owners. Approximately how many pages are in the book? Well, you can probably find out exactly how many pages there are off of Amazon. It's just a competition. We'll do a because random winner next week from that. Yeah, why from not? A, yes, we'll randomly pick one from the people that answer correctly. This is going to tell how many people For listen God's all the sake. way to the feedback section, isn't it? Thank you, Richard. You Thank caused you very chaos. Much. <laughs> <laughs> um, we really are grateful. Thank you, Richard. And um, I hope that anybody who wanted to win a copy um, would enter there. Cory Quiz is the name you need to write in. Well, you got you got to do it by next week, though, because I might forget after that. No, give them, we need, we want to, okay, right. Next Nancy. week is a quick one. Nancy. Well, if Rich is going to send it on, you don't want to be sending it on to the other side of the world, does Nancy. it? Nancy. Nancy says, it was an unexpected turn in the Stu storyline when Eliza confessed. I think it's important for him to be vindicated if he's going to stay with Yasmin. I agree, so this is what, what my theory as well, that Bridget hit Charlie and Lucy came and finished her off. Um, it'd be wonderful if Lucy confessed so that Stu could have time with Bridget and Eliza. That could be quite interesting, couldn't it? Like, wondering how it's going to come out. Like, is Lucy going to realise how much this, how badly this whole thing is affecting Bridget and Stu? And is she going to say, well, you know, I've been sentenced to 20 years. I'd be thinking, am I actually going to come out of here? How old is she? Oh, maybe she's still not that old. But, yeah, maybe she is going to finally do the the good thing and and turn herself in properly so that her daughter can get out. I don't know. Um, I was surprised, says Nancy, that David thought that Max was the troll. I didn't think that he did it. But I do wonder why Max wouldn't give David his laptop to use, though. And will Max ever get into Weatherfield High? I loved no. Ardy in summer this week. I'd love to see if Aaron gets jealous. There was no sign of Ardy this week, was there? After those couple of scenes that him and Summer had together, maybe Ardy wow. is the baby daddy. Who's the daddy? Maybe, maybe. Also, he has got those Alahan jeans, you know. He don't. He only he only needs to be in the presence of a woman to impregnate them. This occurred to me as we were reading Jake's email. I hope that you can have pot brownies when you're pregnant. Why? Because Summer's pregnant. Oh my gosh! Yes. And that baby's gonna come out of stoner. That baby's gonna come out like Shaggy. <laughs> well, from... not Sky Shaggy from um, the musician, but Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Right, either. Why? One week. 
like that. What? No! <laughs> um, Tim and Sally says Nancy were comedy gold. I found it interesting that Ed forgave Aggie right away. Sally was so mad at Tim when they got home. And I wonder if Sally and Aggie will have a fight in the street over all of this. Maybe Sally Sally will strangle Aggie with her beaded necklace. Maybe. Um, do you, we are due another good matriarch fight, aren't we? But I just don't know whether Corrie can ever do them without being accused of just trying to ape the um, Eileen and Gail fight. They have to think of a listen, different way of doing it. Women, listen to me. Listen carefully. This is not just for Sally and Aggie. This is for everybody. If I ever catch any of you girls, or men, fighting over Tim... I will come and slap you myself. That man is not worth your time. I thought you were going to say if anyone's going to come and uh, try and seduce me and be a friend to me. Don't be Michael's friend. I'll <laughs> fight you. Um, they can be his friend. I don't mind. Uh, I'll uh, pimp you out. Am I reading this? Or no? Yeah. I am. Tracy's scene during the book reading did seem rushed. That's what I thought. Um, it got much better on Wednesday when Wendy... Wendy... Ooh, don't call her Wendy ate the stuffed marrow that Tracy made. That's what they used to call poor Kate, Waity Katie. I love that Tracy was able to come to terms with Ken Ken seeing Wendy. Nancy gave last week's episodes three pork bellies out of five, and her character of the week was Waity. (laughs) Wendy. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, Gemma, is this lastly? Oh, no, we got got more. Um, I told you this is a big one. Rebecca, she says, first of all, I would like to say, I said Bridget right at the start. I can't carry on like that. Even if I end up being wrong and it does turn out to be Lucy, I can claim I gave the right guess at one time. <laughs> Secondly, I'm really enjoying the cute family scenes between Stu, Yasmin and Eliza, especially scene where Yasmin offered to take Eliza on a tour of number six. I also enjoyed Stu telling off Alia. But I agree, I'd like the story to have a line drawn in the sand soon and bring it to some closure. I'm thinking that Dorian, is that, is that... A, Huh? Sorry, I'm my thinking eyes are closed. Dorian the you? Refugee might be Sad Boy 55. No, D- Darian his name is. Darian? I thought it was wrong. Darian, yeah. Um, I also agree that David is wrong in not defending Max, although maybe he's worried Max might turn into Clayton and harm someone. I don't think the refugee is troll. It didn't seem like his English was quite good enough to troll. I love the four in the bed line from Gail, so funny, and I can imagine David enjoying the bitching. I also agree that Max might feel resentful over... The refugee getting a place at Weddy High and not Max just because he is a refugee, he gets a free place. I also like Gail sticking up for Max as well and Max saying David's face will stick like that if he doesn't change his facial reaction. I really enjoy Max at the moment and I was so pleased Paddy won the Rising Star Award. Aaron in Summer, I don't care. <laughs> Aaron in Summer, I don't care. Personally, I enjoy the Ardy and Summer scenes better. That's basically all I have to say on that story. Oh man, I wish I could. Sometimes I, you know, I wish I could wave a wand sometimes and make myself like all the characters. I know, equally. that would be nice. Because they all put in as much work. And, you know, Harriet Bibby puts in as much work on her character and she does a really good job at portraying Summer. It's just that I don't like Summer. And I, I don't, don't think, think they all put in as much work as the other. I'm being nice. Okay. To Harriet because she deserves it because she tries. Also, Harriet liked our tweet earlier, didn't she? She's... She She knows what's a good tweet. Yeah. Um, Rebecca says I feel a little bit better knowing the truth is out about Tim and Aggie especially Ed's reaction he was angry but he knew it couldn't ruin his date night maybe the angry reaction will come this week Sally was very much in character too and exactly how I thought she would react when she found out especially the finding out about the necklace it reminds me of the necklace in love actually is it sex in a necklace or just sex or just a necklace (gasps) good point oh yes good quoting yeah 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 well done good film 
I just hope her anger doesn't push her towards Tim for a physical relationship. Although I did adore Sally telling Dabby to take a chill pill and ordering off the menu choosing app. I also loved the Tim and Sally scene in Wednesday's episode. Wendy's great and I love her playing Tracy at her own game, eating the marrow. I also love Tracy cooking Ken and Wendy stuffed marrow as I was praying that she would cook stuffed marrow when she said she was cooking something for Ken and Wendy. Though I'm glad she now seems to be on her side, on their side, but it's Tracy after all, so we should see how long that lasts. I'm looking forward to Harvey returning what, well, I think he is, judging from the letters Nick and Leanne received. I also liked how it all fits around, around nicely around Horonation Street anniversary and Natasha's death. I love Sam saying he was academically better than Leanne and he had practice being off school during the pandemic. Finally, I like Fern being an enemy. Oh, a fern fern enemy. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's what you sound yeah. like to me, Michael. Although, although, it could, she, although she could be more of a frenemy to Bernie. I also like Gemma saying it was good she had a rich boyfriend so she could get posh wine. And Gemma said it was off Fern. Glad to see the story is back again. Character of the week is Stu for telling Ali off. Although Tracy was a close second, I'll give this week three times Tracy made stuff marrow and Wendy lapped it up out of five. Thank you very much. And I believe finally, I told you we got loads of feedback this week. Very chuffed with this. Jay says, greetings from the colonies. I have not sent word from the wilderness for quite a while, so hello all. I really didn't have a lot to say until I watched today's episode. Um, When was this sent? Wednesday, maybe? I don't remember now. Let's have a look. I have to deal with the loss of a few of my favourite characters on Corrie. I know Gemma joins me in missing Kelly Nealon. I will find a way to go on, though. Oh, yeah, so they're just, um, yeah, over in Canada, they've just shown the... um, the, 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 the volume wall stuff and the Stephen Reed bopping Leo on the head and everything. Well, I hope that Mikey and um, Millie didn't ruin it for everybody. I hope not. Now, down to what prompted me to write. In Canada, we've just watched the episodes where Jenny was moving to Canada with Leo and then Leo took a nap in the garbage bin. I'll see how I told you. The first thing is that whenever Corey has a character living in or moving to a new country, they seem to never look at a map. <laughs> so Leo and Jenny are moving to Canada. Where in Canada? Is it the second largest? No. Uh, it is the second largest country in the world geographically. Yeah. I picture them landing in Montreal or Toronto and just walking out onto the street and saying, well, we are now in Canada. <laughs> They, I they, can, do, they do know where Milan is. You've got to give them that. Yeah. Um, then they, they, Could you imagine them with a big map sprawled out on the table? Or are we thinking of a, a map app? No, a big map. Like, they're going to invade. <laughs> Pushing their little mini Leo and Jennies around yeah. the map. Like, um, yeah, in the bunk- war bunkers. Going, well, we're not allowed to colonise people anymore. That's out. So we just stand Coronation Street characters there. <laughs> Jay says, they never do the same thing with Australia, France and Italy. Do they never go to an actual place? It would be the same with me saying that I'm going to the UK. Where in the UK? Nowhere specific, just the UK. Isn't it all the same? I will say, to be fair, people do say to us, I'm coming to the UK. And then they list off about five different places that are about 500 miles apart. And you think, have you looked at a map? Because those, <laughs> you're not going to be able to do that in a week. I don't know whether Coronation Street has always been like that with Canada. I think they were possibly a little bit vague this time. but Well, didn't he go, does, isn't he supposed to be from Toronto? I thought so. Because didn't he have the... No, no, know. that was... That was Jim McDonald having the Toronto Blue Jays uh, jumper on, wasn't it? Um, Anyway, continuing. Just when I was starting to deal with their journey to nowhere, Rita, Gemma and Jenny went to the bistro together. I actually yelled at the TV, which I usually say for watching the evening news. They asked Jenny if she was going to learn to speak French. Canadians find this very aggravating. The majority of Canada is non-French speaking. 
Ah, bon. Even in the French-speaking province of Quebec, Montreal is one of our most culturally diverse cities in the world. I did think that was a, that felt a bit to me like someone was going, I know a fact about Canada. Yeah, I know. I'd forgot that line, but now you mention it, yeah. It did a little bit to I me I would not time. assume that, that, that you need to speak French no. today. But I do know that... I've been learning French all this time for no reason then. I do know the people of Quebec are, are fiercely proud of their separateness yeah. and, and Frenchness. Yeah. Um, on another note. But I also wouldn't move there because I can't speak French. Yes, you can speak semi-French. If we if we ever go to Canada, and I determine that one day we will, I would quite like to go and have a look at French Canada as well, just to like see what it's I'm, like and see if I, I can get by, and then I realise that the French that they I have speak a very is nothing different like accent. Canadian French. I will just ashamedly tell everybody here that my only knowledge of uh, French Can- Canada is from South yeah. <laughs> There's no Canada like French Canada. It's the best oh, would Canada. Would you like a moustache? <laughs> um, anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I love know you. Nothing else. Um, no, I would. I'm, I'm going to go to Canada one day. I understand. I will. will we we'll get to see me? all our Conversation Street fans. We'll go on a tour. Um, yeah, we can go. On, we want to see. Yeah, do we get a bigger tour than Millie and Mikey? We should have had gone no at the same time when I had rival tours with them. Oh god. <laughs> um, on another note, um, Corrie did a great job of Halloween last year. I wonder if they're going to do something boring and dumb this year. <laughs> what? Um, they could do a ghost walk, and that way we could see some favourite characters again. We could see the ghosts of. Rick Nealon, Leo, Jack and Vera, Imran, Rana, Haley, Deirdre, Pat Phelan, Luke and Andy. There are so many that would make great ghosts. It might be two episodes. I love this idea. I don't I think imagine that's going to happen. Exactly like, spoiler alert, the end of Titanic when Rose dies and she goes to the Titanic and everyone's there as a ghost. Oh yes, right at the end. Yeah. yeah staircase scene. And it's like, oh, that was all right They then. did have some ghosts appearing on the last episode of Neighbours, didn't they, early this year? Do you remember? Yeah, match. In that last scene. Uh, when I saw Ardy get shot, I started thinking about characters getting shot in a country where gun crime is so rare. They could start a club on Coronation Street if people had been shot. We could have a scene in a club meeting where they welcomed Ardy to their group. There's no question that Shona would be on the current president of the club due to being the only one that's been shot in the box. Mm. Although we don't know exactly where Ardy was shot other than the roof <laughs> i don't know who else Somewhere has completely been shot non, non-vital i can't think so who maybe else his brain that's in the show at the moment has actually been shot but well natasha's died oh yeah that doesn't count i don't know if there is there's been a lot of gun sure. crime off the top of, if people thought about it i've never seen a gun me. in real life apart from good. a policeman good um i hope everyone has a great autumn thanks again for the best podcast on the interweb we're offline as well we're doing it right now off the internet oh, yeah we totally are thank you thank you everybody I really love it when you email me thank too you. me I love too it. all love of you it thank lots. you so much if you would like to um, gain Join. our love then you can email us Join at conversationstreet cult. at gmail.com um, or you can you know send us a direct message on twitter you can put a lovely post on our facebook group or just like the people at the beginning did send us an itunes review five stars civu play as they say in french canada well, probably all the way everywhere in Canada. Um, we are on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Patreon. We put a listener questions segment on YouTube this week, didn't we? Speaking of the Canadians, we had an old one from episode 275 where we were wondering about why there are so many Canadian Coronation Street fans. So that was quite fun to re-listen oh, to. Oh, yes. Um, and, Actually, and most of the people listening to this are from Canada. Well, we do. I've got a lot of Canadian listeners, it's true. Right. 
we have got a cabin extra to get to everybody. So there was a bit of a spoiler um, that was released this week. Um, and you know, the sort of things we usually talk about in cabin extra. Um, and this related to something that's going to be happening on Coronation Street in about a month's time. So if you haven't heard about that and you still want to stay in the dark, I uh, beseech the dark. thee to... Um, Press pause now, cancel it, delete this from your phone, or just go back and listen to the beginning again because it was so good. But um, we are going to be in spoiler territory very, very shortly, and I think we've given them enough warning, Gemma. So, yeah, what are we talking about in our cabinet extra section this week? Stephanie Beecham! She's going to be back as Martha Fraser. Who's that? Can't believe you asked me such a silly question. Martha Fraser is the hot totty who rides around in a canal boat picking up perverted men like Ken Barlow and trying to spirit them away to do a play. Yeah, with their homemade soup. Yes. She, she, um... She was in Coronation Street. She's the character since whoever, um, Jenna Lumley played. Yeah, yeah, Elaine Perkins. Yeah. I think that she was introduced because they couldn't get Joanna Lumley back. I think they originally wanted her to be Joanna Lumley. Well, but I But she was Stephanie in the show Beecham. about 15 odd years ago. And um, yeah, there was a bit of a uh, who shall I stay with? Who shall, shall I go off with Martha or shall I stay with Deirdre? Story there was definitely, there was a fun, hilarious juxtaposition whereby Ken was on this, in this sort of opulent, luxurious boat with, you know, all these beautiful in wooden interiors and there's Stephanie Beecham as Martha with this beautiful honey voice going, Ken, would you like some more homemade soup? And he's like, oh, yes, of course I would. And then she she sort of ladles it beautifully into this gorgeous porcelain plate. And he goes home and Deirdre's like, soup all right? And then cranks open a can and just goes plop. <laughs> Do you remember that? And a big, oh, yeah, yeah, a big gelatinous, that. cold yeah. lump of soup that completely keeps the shape of the can in the saucepan. Mm. And he's like, well, my choice has been made. <laughs> but no, spoiler alert, he does leave her in the lurch to sail off into the distance and he chooses to, to stay with his beloved Deirdre. Um, Yes. So that's who she is, but she's also a bit of a lovely because she she was um, a thespian. She was an actress, wasn't she? Yeah. So she's going to be returning to Coronation Street month next month as part of the Amdram storyline. And <gasps> according to the press release, Ken's head will be turned. So um, yeah, love triangle alert. Is this the oldest love triangle there's been on Coronation Good. Street? I don't know. Um, as, but yeah, I, I'm really really excited about this. And um, as we said on um, on Twitter earlier this week when the news was dropped we have known about this one since August so we did tease that when we went there we heard a quite big and very very surprising spoiler when we were there this is it I hope everyone was just as surprised and jaw-dropped as we were because honestly out of everything that we heard that was upcoming in Coronation Street this was from your August, genuinely this was my favorite thing, biggest favourite thing when we were like, told about this I was like what I was more excited that Leo was a murderer well yeah but well, I also really love Martha Fraser it was when we were watching the scene that was on recently with um with, with Ken and Wendy when we were watching that being filmed and we were told, oh, do you want to know what happens later on in this? And we were like, oh, and you're like, yeah, yeah, tell us. And um, and they were like, oh, Martha's coming back. I just could not believe it. You mean, out of all the returns that have happened this year, nay, all the returns that have They've happened really this decade, would you ever have expected this person to come back? Stephanie Beecham, like, as you said, thesp exceptional. Oh, she's, just, she's just absolutely 
scrumptious, isn't she? She really, really is. Um, this is going to be so much fun, I hope. I hope it doesn't, like, go wrong. I hope it doesn't spoil my memories of the character or anything. Th- this is, lo- this is to me, along the same lines as getting McKellen back to, to play his... Um, oh. To get his... Well, I can't remember what his character is called now, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm so, so excited about this. I don't know how long she's going to be back for, but um, she is Stephanie Beecham, so don't be expecting this one to be lasting too much longer. I wonder, I just wonder how, um, I wonder how much this is exciting to our overseas listeners because obviously she's in, um, she was in Dynasty, wasn't she? Well, yeah, so. but I only know her from being in Coronation. I know, Street, of course, to be we don't like. I we never, I never watched it because I don't know if it was even on. Was it on in this country? I guess it was a little bit, but Mel obviously Hutch-Ride, that's it. a bigger deal in America. Mm. So you probably know her just as much as the English audience, uh, mm. British audiences would do. So, I just so much fun. I, I'm enjoying the When and Kendi story anyway. This is when, one you of keep saying When, when and, and Kendi. Kendi. Yeah, All I right, know. We'll keep going. This is one of the reasons why I have been so positive about this story. In the past, you, you know, the last few weeks, I've been like, oh yeah, the play story. And I've got that people haven't really been enjoying it as much, but I've known that it's going to be leading to this. So I've been thinking, yeah, it's hopefully going well, to I be worth it. Well, I hope this isn't a letdown because you're really, really building this up a quite a lot. I know, She I might know. just be in one episode. She could be. I mean, when, when we have Rula Lenska back recently, that was only for that one episode, wasn't oh. it? And then she disappeared midway through it. I just love all I these I want to have Rula Lenska and Wendy Papadopoulos and Martha Frazier all tearing each other's hair out and scratching each other in the eyes just to get a piece of the Ken Barlow. I'm only living because I think there's a possibility I might metamorphosize into one of these beautiful women (laughs) by the time I get to my 70s. Would you like to um, read out a quote from uh, Stephanie Beecham in your best Stephanie Beecham voice? I am delighted that Martha has returned to Weatherfield. It is an absolute joy to be working with Bill. Roach again. <laughs> In brackets. <laughs> yeah, so she didn't say too much there, but um, she seemed quite happy about it, but I guess she would say that. Bill, for his part, says, and I don't know what his voice sounds like, when I found out that Martha was also going to make a return, I was thrilled. But I feel heartache may be around the corner once more for Ken. Now he's found himself in another love triangle. <laughs> so is, is this going to be the uh, Ken, Mike and Deirdre for the uh, for the 21st century? So who's, who's Ken going to slap at a Wendy or Who's he going to push Martha? up against the door? Listen here, you slag. <laughs> oh, gosh, I love this. Um, yeah, big, big news this week. Um, I did see lots of it, very excited um, and disbelieving reactions to this one. I just wish, well, A, that Coronation Street hadn't really revealed it at all. And I know that was unlikely to happen because if Why? you're going to get a big name like Stephanie Beecham back, yes. it feels like it comes with the proviso that this is going to be made a big thing of. Of course. But I think that revealing it a whole month early, not a good idea. Oh, well. I, I, what, what's the point? Why not just reveal it when it's, it's happening the next Why week? Why do anything? I don't be silly. No, why? Why? Why a month? Because they because they always advertise things quite far in advance. I mean, they did for Spider, I suppose. And what was your other complaint? No, that was it. I thought you had two. Well, no, complaints. my complaint was why did they reveal it at all, and two, why did they reveal it so early? Well, you already knew. I know, but I wanted to be one of the only people that knew for long well, enough. I think that's my biggest. Oh god, just out of myself. That was my jealousy. We knew it. about this, and you guys didn't. But now you all know, and now we don't know anything else. Well. I think there is one more thing, actually. What is it? Tell me later. I'll tell you later. Um, 
but yeah, anyway, but uh, I, I won't say anything more just in case I accidentally say it. Okay. But that is it for this week's podcast. Well, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you guys Me enjoyed. Me too. I'm, so, um, I'm really, really tired. Okay. I'm so tired. Um, well, thank is. you. Nearly one o'clock. Can we just have a quick update before we go about how many likes our tweet yeah. has got? I'm sorry, everybody. You're not interested in this in the slightest. But at a current count, we have got ooh, 4,699 likes on our tweet, 519 retweets, and 57 comments. I think that's quite good result. Well done, Michael. That is literally our best tweet ever. <laughs> Um, I don't think we might ever top that one, but... Um, thank you, Liz Trust. We've got another 10 years to try. Right, that's it. Well, I've already said how you can contact us, so um, I won't bother saying that again. Um, Have a lovely uh, yes. weekend, We've got half dears. term coming up this week, so that's very lovely. Um, it's also coming up to the end of October, which means patrons look out because we have got a Patreon episode coming next week. We have got no idea what we're going to be talking about. And I was lapsing in my um, my Halloween watching... But I thought, no, I, I said I'd do something for Patreon for it. And so I've been watching, and I've been watching Scream. I love Scream. You're watching Scream 3 when I got home from school today. And I watched the new one that was out this year, and I bloody loved it. I thought it was great. Mm. So now I've stopped watching them all again. We've also been watching Married at First Sight recently, we haven't have. we? have, yes. On recommendation from um, from Sally Ann Matthews and Georgia Taylor. Yes, and, yes. And um, quite enjoying it. It's quite um, fun. It's not usually the sort of thing that we get into, is it? But um, are... we have enjoyed this. <laughs> so much. What interesting people there are <laughs> in the world. So, um, we're going to be back at some point next week with a bonus episode. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be an interesting one. I've kind of put it out there now. Gemma said she'd help me out with it. Yeah. You still up for it? Yeah, d- yeah. Oh, good. Okay, it's going don't, to be a good one. Don't forget, I'm going away. No spoilers. Gemma is going away the week after next. We'll talk about that next week. Anyway, everybody, thank you for listening. It's one o'clock. Goodbye, I'm going to bed. Make sure your door is locked. And the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.